You know, I'd, I'd always like wanted to do it. It's like weird and sounds cliche, but ever since I like picked up the sticks, I was like, I gotta do it. Yeah. There's no plan B. I'm like gonna make this fucking happen. And I don't care if like it's playing behind another artist as a hired gun or being in my own band or joining an existing band. It's like, I gotta do it. That's the main mission, no matter what. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Back to Your Story, a podcast about real people and real stories. Today we have on the legendary RJ from Strung Out. My gosh, uh, it was so cool to have this man on because I grew up listening to Strung Out. So uh, to hear his story, he is the latest drummer to uh, to become you know a full band member. And it, it's just so phenomenal to hear someone else's struggles and triumphs. Triumphs, that's not even a fucking word. Triumphs, their wins, their losses, their ups, their downs. Uh, but it's the individuals that continue to push through. And he has this mentality where it's just, I will go balls to the walls and do my best and never stop. And his skills definitely speak for themselves. Uh, if you guys want to watch this instead of kind of listening to it, head over to our YouTube channel. It is youtube.com backslash back to your story. And uh, you guys ready? Let's do this. Woo -woo! From the land of mystery, where dreams become reality. Always listening to stories from the past, the present, and the future. This is Back to Your Story. Bro, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, 110%. No, I, I, um, you know, I really appreciate anyone coming on here, man. It's, uh, you know, take time out of your busy day to come talk on some random dude's fucking show. It's my, my non-existent busy day in quarantine <laughs> as an unemployed musician. <laughs> Dude, you know, as, as we were talking about before, you know, it, it does. It has to be really strange right now it's, going it's, through all this. It's so weird. This is the longest I've ever been in one place since I was like 18 years old. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Dude, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it, 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 we would have never thought anything like this would happen. Um, you or myself, right? I mean, I was always the type of person I could see like, you know, fucking an asteroid hitting, you know, <laughs> like uh, like other weird, crazy shit, right? And right. I know there's been pandemics before, but I don't know. I just kind of never really thought of it, right? But um, unfortunately, that is the case in what we're, we're, we're a year in, right? Yeah, year in. The, the last show that I played was February 2020. Perth, Australia, dude. And I took it for granted, you know, cause yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm going to get to do this in like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Nope. No, fuck you. No, it's, it's over. <laughs> it's over. I don't mean to laugh dude. Cause oh, no, no. It, it's uh, it's a really shitty situation. Yeah. When did that happen? How did that even go down? Well, we, we got back, you know, what's crazy is we got back, uh, February. I forget exactly what date. I'm sure it's on the internet. Yeah. Google. <laughs> um, yeah, we got back and I guess two weeks later, we were supposed to, three weeks later, we were supposed to start another run. Yeah. And that's when LA, you know, yeah. it's like that. We're going to be closed for two weeks. Yes. Yeah. And then 
a year later. So. Yeah, man. I, I, I remember doing a show, um, uh, like a, like a hair show. Cause I'm in the hair world as well. And, um, you know, it, it, like I remember this, everything kind of like trickling in about COVID and all this stuff. Right. And I would do tons of big events every single year. Right. Um, and I was, like you said, I don't know, I would take it for granted, right? I, I, I was actually kind of getting burnt down on them, right? Because I've been doing it for a decade, bro. And like, I know that, you know, you've been doing this for a lot longer and doing a lot more shows than I have. But, uh, you know, for like the, the 50 days, 60 days of traveling every single year for me, right? Um, I was getting burnt down on it, right? right? And then all this stuff happened, right? And shut down and all this. And I was like, oh, it's going to come back, right? Now, a year in, right? I'm missing that. I want that for something that I took for granted, something I was getting burnt out on. Um, I'm like, I don't know. It just kind of makes you really look inside and look at everything going on. It does. And you know, the weird thing is like you miss things you never think that you would miss. And like, as funny as it is just like being, cause I'm not like the most social person. I'm a very, like, I'm a very private person. I don't like to put stuff out there. I keep to myself a lot of the time, but you know, like I have my, my, my circle, but like on tour, it's like, you're surrounded by these people, right? And they know everything. You know everything yeah. about them. And I miss like almost that having no personal space because it means like, oh, I'm doing something. Yeah. But right now it's like you're at home. You have all the personal space you want, six feet apart. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then it's like I, I kind of miss that like camaraderie. You're like fucking pirates. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Just pillaging the town. <laughs> Flying Delta, to yeah, Des Moines, <laughs> literally, man, literally. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's been your life. Um, you know, for you, where does where does your story start? Like, where did you grow up? I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, yeah, I'm a country boy. Yeah, well, right outside Nashville. Technically, it's Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Okay. And my dad was a race car driver. <laughs> oh shit! And I actually grew up around racetracks. Holy shit! And uh, I used to race go-karts as a kid and I, and I wanted to pursue motorsports. And um, yeah, you know, as soon as I found drums, like everything else was just like, nah, yeah. like it just full force. Yeah. And I think part of the reason why I love metal and punk and fast and loud is because of spending time around fast cars. I, of course. And like just the smell of rubber and gas and yeah just that whole thing. Like I fucking love like pedal to the metal. Fuck you. It's a million miles an hour. And that's why I gravitated towards, you know, this genre of music yeah. that I'm in. So yeah, it was, you know, it's been a interesting journey. Yeah. Being able to um, go around the world and, you know, be able to explore things and getting paid. Yeah. You know, explore the world and get paid to do it. Like, fuck, man. Fuck, man. It's been an awesome journey. It hasn't been easy. I don't doubt it. But um, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of where I came from. Grow, growing up in Nashville, right? Uh, how old were you when you picked up drums for the first time? Mm. So mm. I, I guess I was 11. 11 years old. 11 years old. And I was, well, maybe I, it was fourth grade. I don't know if that's 11 or not. I don't know. Mm, yeah. 11, 12, something like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it that. Yeah. But yeah, I basically had to pick like an ex- extracurricular thing. And it was either, it was band or something else. So I picked band. Okay. And there's two openings, sax or drums. I was like, dude, sax is so fucking lame, dude. <laughs> like, so I'm going to hit shit with sticks. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Let's go for drums. Okay. And then, 
yeah, it's just kind of been like an obsession ever since. Like, what, was it something that you picked up easily? Like, was it natural? Was it hard? It was pretty easy at first. I think drums are like the easiest instrument to pick up initially, but they're the hardest to master. I can. Okay. All if right. That makes sense. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I got that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us can just tap and make a beat, but to make yeah. a, a whole song, uh, it just, it's yeah, and the timing and the, the feel and. Then once you get into like the more extreme genres of music, the endurance, yeah. and that's a whole nother fucking thing, yeah. which is something that I have completely lost over this quarantine. Cause you know, like you build it up over the years and you can get it back pretty quick, but the band actually just got together for the first time in a while, a couple of days ago. And it kicked my ass, dude. It's like, it was in a ring with Mike Tyson. <laughs> dude, it was bad. And cause you, you know, like you, you practice. Yeah. But like playing live or playing with other musicians is like a completely different thing because you there's more energy in the room. You want to play harder. Yes, and it just fucking destroyed me. Yeah, that's it's blisters and it, you the, know. The, the whole nine, right? Yeah. I mean, you, but you you build that up over so many years, right? And so although maybe it's you know you didn't lose it, right? Because like picking up a bike. Yeah, right? it's so. like you know I guess it'd be like maybe like a boxer yeah. getting ready for the fight. It's like. You know, if they take a year off, yes. You know, yeah. You yeah. just got to get back, exactly. And get back and train, and of get course. ready. Yeah, going go, going through that process. But um, you know, kind of bring it back to you is like when you first started, you picked them up, you started playing. Eleven years old, you're just having fun. When did you start like your first band? Like, how did that go about? Well, when I was 13 years old, um, these guys that I knew around town had a band, and they were seniors in high school. And I guess by that time, I they considered me good enough to play with them. Okay. So I was like 13 years old playing with these guys who were like seniors in high school. Holy shit. And this band was called Weapons of Righteousness. <laughs> and it was like a ska band. Oh, nice. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, we played a couple shows and we actually, I guess, you know, the one of the first shows I played with them was actually like in Alabama. And my mom drove me, loaded up my drums in the back of her car and she drove me down there. So I was like touring at 13, Jesus, you know? Jesus, that's crazy. But yeah, you know, and then just, just playing around town, just meeting different people, different musicians and you kind of, it's like everything is just like this really slow, steady climb yeah. to like, eventually you are where you are now. And that's, you know, how it works with most people in the music industry. It's just like baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And then before you know it, you know, you're selling records and, but the thing is that no, nobody tells you is it's like, it's a long road and it's just so many turns and yeah. you never know exactly like you could have like in your mind of like where you want to be but it's like this crazy journey to get to where you are and you meet some amazing people and it's just like the most fun like i get to play drums for for a living <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. insane yeah like, who would have thought 11 year old me would have been stoked like that's crazy right yeah. to look back at your younger self right i mean any human being right but but people like yourself, right? To be able to look back at 11-year-old you and say, one day, I'm going to make it. Yeah. Like, Well, I don't know if I made it because I'm technically unemployed. <laughs> well, uh, all right, all right, all right. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. True. But like you, you, you've gone a lot farther than uh, most will. And, yeah. And, and, and that is a beautiful thing all in itself. And you know, one thing that you said is your mom was taking you. Yeah. And my mom has been like my number one supporter. See, that's so important, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. So when I decided to, like, I want to do this full time, like, so I, I moved to LA. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I just, like, packed up my shit in a U-Haul. How old were you? 
2021. Okay. 22. Yeah, it was 22. 2012. Yeah. So yeah, my mom actually like, she's like, okay, we got to find you a place to live. So me and her flew out here and like checked out some apartments and stuff. And my mom was like, it's your dream. Like whatever you need, I can, whatever I can do to help, like I will help you. Wow. So yeah. That's so fucking cool, man. And then I get to LA and I'll never forget. I was walking down. What is it? Yucca in Hollywood. Okay. We were looking at like apartments around there. Cause I didn't know, like I would never live in Hollywood, you know, now, but it was the first place I moved because that's where you think you should live. And me and my mom are walking around and I just see this homeless guy pop out of the bushes and just take the biggest shit. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, dude, I'm in it now. You made it. You made it to LA. This bro. is LA, baby. I'm here. I've arrived. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, before you came out here though, what, what, what was it like? Cause you, 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 you were in your first band, right? Um, you going through high school, uh, was it at that time that you knew that you wanted to turn this into a career? Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd always like wanted to do it. It's like weird and sounds cliche, but ever since I like picked up the sticks, I was like, I gotta do it. Yeah. There's no plan B. I'm like gonna make this fucking happen. And I don't care if like it's playing behind another artist as a hired gun or being in my own band or joining an existing band. It's like, I gotta do it. That's the main mission no matter what. Yeah. So when you like look at it like that, you're like, you know, and it, it gives you like that focus to be like, okay, what's helping me? What's hindering me? How can I get from point A to point B, you know? And yeah, so I just, I just started playing around with bands and making connections around Nashville and doing some touring, um, nothing too crazy, like weekend warrior stuff, you know? I played in, uh, I've actually played for some country bands when I was there. there. And, uh, yeah, but mostly like in the metal, hard rock, some punk stuff, just kind of being a musical whore. That was, you always your, that was your genre. Yeah. That's yeah. what I like. Yeah. 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 But then, um, yeah, no, nothing super serious until I like was like, all right, what's going on in Nashville isn't really what I want. Like I think LA's music scene and the people are kind of like, yeah. I want to be involved in that, you know, cause there's so much out here, There is, you know, there's the massive punk scene. There's uh-huh. a big metal scene. There's even country. There's, yeah. you know, there's everything, everything. And, and Nashville is incredible. And there's a lot of that now. And a lot of people are moving from here <sighs> to there. So who knows? I might end up back there. It, exactly. Right. But, but that's crazy. Right. Cause a lot of people during this pandemic have left places like yeah. Nashville, left LA to go to like Nashville, Austin, uh, and, and different places along the way. Um, when you were younger, did, did your, 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 your mom, um, did she see something in you or like, how did that happen? Because like you eventually had to go like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to make it right. But for her to fully back you, that's uh, yeah. few and I don't want to say few and far between, but a lot of times parents like want the, you know, kids to go to the traditional route, go to college, do this, do that. Right. And you know, I had the big talk. So my dad passed away when I was 18 and like, I remember him Sorry. sitting me down, uh, you know, part of life. I, I went through the same thing. Yeah. My dad died when I was 17. So, you know, it's, it's like the worst time. Yeah. It's like, if you're younger, you know, it's like, it doesn't have an impact or if yeah. you're older, you're already like, you have your life figured out. But that like, right when you're becoming a man, man. it's just like the it's worst, the worst, time. the worst timing. Yeah. And I remember that happened. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, it was cancer. So we had a, like a little bit of time to know, but it was very aggressive. It was like stage four lung cancer. Shit. So, you know, we had like four months and I remember him telling me, he's like, I want you to go to college. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't want to go to college, but he wants me to go. Yeah. So like I had this like kind of scheme in my head. I was like, well, what if I went to music college? Okay. It's college. Yeah. And it's music. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe a two birds, one stone kind of Exactly. Thing. So yeah. And then I had that idea in my head when I was like 18 and it was always there. And even, you know, being in Nashville, playing with like country bands or whatever bands I was playing with, this like thought was just, it never went away. It's like LA, you should be in LA. Yeah. Just kept eating at me. And until finally, I guess what, four years later, I was like, fuck it, dude. Now's the time. Yeah. Just go. And like, I didn't know anybody. I just packed up U-Haul and was like, let's make it happen. See, see what happens. And then, Fucking you know, roll the dice, roll the dice and. I guess it worked out. Yes. Did you go to music college? I did for a very brief time. I went to, <laughs> I went to musicians Institute and ended up dropping out because I started touring with other people out here. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that isn't that the point, right? Right. right. They right. say if you graduate music college, you failed. Yeah. Okay. So I get that. Yeah. I get that. Um, going through that experience with your, with your dad, do you have any siblings? Oh, yeah. I have two sisters. Older. They're older, though. Okay. So I have five nephews. Yeah. And I grew up in, like, so most of my family is, like, a sports family. Okay. So um, both of my sisters are athletes, and my, my younger, she's my older sister, but the, the youngest of the two was, like, amazing at basketball, like, basketball scholarships and all this Jeez. stuff. And, you know, their husbands are, like, big sports guys. My uh, brother-in-law used to be in the NFL. <laughs> So it's like sports city ingrained. And then there's me. Yeah. <laughs> All tatted like, up. Bro. Tattooed and fucking yeah. the weird dude who plays drums, you know? <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see, but you know, they, they love it and they come to all the shows whenever I play around town. I'm sure. So they're, they're into it, man. Super supporting. They're rockers at home. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, something you said early on is, uh, you know, your, your dad was a race car driver, right? Yeah. He went fast. Right. And so it's like, it, although two different things, right. Uh, you know, being in a, you know, in a, in a punk band, but still fast, hard music, right. Yeah. There, it's, there's a lot of similarities, right? Yes, there is. Um, something you also said is losing a parent right all we can speak is from a guy's point of view right, right. um when you're really young it's you're just young right you don't really remember um when you're older you're kind of ingrained in your ways you took a lot from mm -hmm. it and now you are the person you are when you are 17 18 years old it's it's the worst fucking time yeah. to lose a, a father yeah and because it's like that I guess that lighthouse that you look up to yeah. is like gone. So you're just navigating with no compass. <sighs> you're like, well, any mistake I'm going to make, like, you know, it's yeah. like, I got to fucking, I don't, I can't be like, Hey dad, is this, is it, am I supposed to do this? Of like, course. is this cool? Yeah. Is this, am I being a shithead right now? <laughs> no, we'll fucking figure it out. Get something thrown at me. Yes. Oh, I guess I'm being a shithead, right? <laughs> it's so true, man. It's so true. It's, uh, it's such a challenging time. And like, I can only speak for my story is like, I went through a lot of shit, dude. I went through a lot of shit up and down, up and down. And just, a, 
it just, uh, it would have been a lot easier if I had that compass and, right. and, and if my father, uh, you know, was, was here because I'm just like you, you know, we looked up to him, we look up to our fathers, right. right? They're, they're fucking dad. Right. Yeah. And, um, so it's, it's, it's really challenging figuring that, that entire path out in hindsight, you know, you made it. You're alive. You're here, dude. I'm here. I made it. I'm somewhat present. Exactly. Yes. No, it's it's so true. So <laughs> lost a few brain cells along the way, but I'm here. I'm here. I get that. Um, but you know, you 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 take your own experiences and and you make it what it is, right? But to be able to hear someone else, like I, I don't know. I've met a lot of people that have lost their parents, right? Like I get it, but no one like yourself. And what I mean by that is like someone really at that pivotal age, right? So mm-hmm. when you said 18, you let your dad, like my fucking heart dropped. Like, I'm just going to say yeah. how it is. Like it just, it kills me inside because I know exactly yeah. what you went through. Yeah. Right. It's it, it. And then like we said, it's, it is like the worst timing, but you figure it out. Yeah. And it's just like, there's no playbook for this shit. No. Just, all right, it's gone. You know, he's gone. Like, what do you do now? Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think I dealt with it the best way I could. I, you know, that's when I really started drinking a lot. And also I kind of like turned inward a little bit and I dealt with it through music. Yeah. And that's probably another reason why I like the aggressive, fast, loud stuff is because it's a way to get out. It is well, the thing that's, you know, inside inside. Yeah. 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 And then also it's like around that time, it's like, I noticed like I became a very angry person, very like just, and I don't know who I was angry at, Yeah. but I was angry. I don't doubt it. And you know, you're just kind of filled with hate just yeah. like, and that's not, and you know, along the way, as you grow, you kind of learn like, that's not really, it, it, it can drive you. And it can give you motivation, but ultimately it'll end up killing you. Of course. And you have to kind of find a way to move past that and heal. You have to. So, you know, I'm still doing that. I'm still figuring it out. And, you know, when everything you love is taken away from you, like we're, you know, in the middle of this pandemic, you're left with nothing but your thoughts. It's probably best to, you know, have good thoughts. Of course. Yeah. Because those bad thoughts, they'll fucking keep you up at night, man. They will. They will. Like you said, you know, going through this pandemic, it really pushes things to the front, right? It's like, fuck, man, you got to face it head on. How old are you? 31. Yeah, you're 31. I'm 34 years old, right? And um, it'll be, uh, for me, this this year, right, March, March 23rd, I will have lived on this earth longer than my father has gone, been gone, right? Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a hard pill to swallow, right? But mm-hmm. But, you know fuck man we we have to like you you have to right i have to make it through this right we have to because unfortunately that fucked up shit happened and then i'm sure in your story a lot of fucked up shit happened along the way right but you come to a point where i want to have kids one day right Right. like i want to have kids like and i am going to learn from my mistakes and my father, my father, he passed away from a massive heart attack. It was cause he fucking smoked and drank and ate like a fucking fish. Like it was, it was unfortunately his fault, his right. wrongdoing. Right. Um, and so I know that I don't want that to happen to me. Right. I want to be here for my kid or kids. And so 
And I don't want my kid or kids to go through that experience. So what do I have to do? Take care of myself, eat healthy, fucking, you know, don't drink like a fish. Don't fucking smoke, right? You know, just do things. And obviously you could walk out and get hit by a car at any moment, right? But if we don't learn from these experiences, if we don't take from these experiences, then we become the, what happened. Right. Right. And, and it sucks, man. It fucking, it fucking blows, but you wouldn't be half the man you are today if it wasn't for your father. And at least you did. And this is like, I don't know, this is where sometimes I try to build perspective. Like for me, at least I got to spend 17 fucking years with, right. with a man that showed me how to be a man, what it was like then, you know, honor, trust, like just these, 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 positive and core good things where there are a lot of kids out there that don't get to spend a day with their dad. Right. And that's another thing. It's like perspective is everything. Yeah. And being grateful. Yeah. And when you're 18 and somebody just died, you're a pissed off little shithead. Yeah. You are. And the more you grow up, the more you realize it's like, there's a lot to be grateful for too. And I think that shift in perspective is something I'm still trying, you know, to, to deal with every day myself. And it's, you know, like I said, when you're, when your work is taken away from you and when the thing that you've worked your whole life to have is suddenly taken away, it's like, well, what can I do now? Well, I can try to better myself. Yeah. You know, I can try to use the lessons that I've learned from that guy. Yes. You know, yeah. What did he teach me? Yeah. So it's true. I've been doing a lot of that and it's a lot of self-reflecting and meditating and, um, it's it's been good. It is. You know? And I can feel a lot of this this stuff that maybe I don't know. It's like it's like we're an engine, right? And you can put in certain types of gas and like hate is one of them. Yes. It'll get you going, man. It will. But I think it ultimately destroys the engine. It does. In the long run. It so. definitely does. Yeah, a hundred hundred percent. Um have you ever talked to a therapist? Uh yeah, you know what's funny is I did talk to a therapist once. And she told me I didn't need therapy. Well, then you throw her out the water. Like, right. I like the fuck that. Right. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry if I cut you off, but like, I come from the belief that everyone needs a, everyone. It doesn't matter what level you are at life, a good therapist. And the shitty part is probably 70 to 80% of therapists suck. Yeah. Like they just don't <laughs> get, they just don't get, they just don't fucking get it. And, uh, uh, unfortunately that that is that is the case and for someone to tell you that you don't need therapy i mean we can all have someone that we can vent our feelings to and 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 just get shit off of our chest right and especially the traumatic stuff that you went through at a young age like you're 31 you still haven't worked that shit completely out i'm 34 dude like what the fuck there are some days i just start crying i'm like Ah. yeah just crying and then just start masturbating you know it's weird it's like a weird it's a weird cycle i'm in lots of tissues involved yes you slow funny um but but it is it's like fucking crazy so uh yeah so that sorry and i i cut you off but like what the fuck happened what did she do oh yeah it's just like a phone thing this was a couple years ago it was like a phone consultation and, you know, I was like, I'm feeling anxious. Like, I'm having these racing thoughts. Um, I think I'm depressed. And she's like, everybody deals with that, you know. I was like, all right, cool. I guess I'll go fuck myself. Yeah, literally. Here's my money. Thanks for that. It was a waste of time. But, you know, I got to say, like, the, the best thing I ever did for myself is I got sober. Well, that is and huge. And that is, like. That's everything. 
Yeah, like try dealing with your thoughts with no medication. Just fucking raw dog in life, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What um what what happened? Because I, I heard you say in the beginning, right? It was like you're eighteen years old and your dad passed away and you started drinking yeah, so yeah. long the way. I'm sure a lot of crazy shit happened. Yeah, you know, and like I don't you know, fuck it. We'll we'll put it out there. Cause I, I'm a very private person, but yeah, like I got into drugs. Yeah. I was into drugs and I was drinking a lot. And eventually it led to me just sitting like in between tour. I mean, on tour too. Cause of course, right. You're yeah. on tour fucking party. <laughs> but then when you get home, you're like, Oh, I like I'm by myself for two weeks. Well, let's get into some trouble. Yeah. And it led to sitting at home by myself, drinking, doing drugs. Yeah. And you know, that's two, three days later, same thing. Over and over, over and over, over. It was a vicious cycle. Yeah, and then by the time you like come out of it, you're like oh, the shell of the man you used to be, right? Of course, yeah, 100%. you know, not sleeping for two days that'll make you that'll make you get into some weird stuff. <laughs> it's so true, though, right? But it's important that you do talk about this and share about this because a lot of people have this perspective of like you know musicians, right? But I think as as a musician yourself, right? It's you go through these experiences, right? Like, why did this happen? Why did you start using? Why did it get so bad, right? Well, you're 18 years old. The traumatic experience happens, right? And then you, you go through all of this. Like, it just, it makes sense, right? Then there comes a point where uh, you looked in the mirror, and I'll let you share for yourself, but it, you had to change course and better yeah. your life. What What happened? Well, it's just like, I don't know. One day you wake up in the mirror and you look at it and you go, I fucking hate you. And you're yeah. pointing to yourself. Yeah. You're like, you fucking loser. What are you doing? Why are you here? And I, and like, I, you know, I was never suicidal ever, but that, and it's, it's weird. Cause like as an alcoholic, you're like, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll just stick to beer. Yeah. Right. Well, we all know that goes right. Yes. Oh, you know what? I'm only going to drink wine with dinner. Right. Maybe if I don't drink whiskey i'm not gonna get into cocaine yeah and it, it, it but the thing is with, with the brain it all circles back to you know it, it, your brain is grasping for this anything somebody cut you off in traffic well now is an excuse to drink yeah you know what i mean you played a bad show might as well get drunk you played a great show might as well get yeah. drunk yeah you know and i think it's just a culmination of you know years of that and like I said, this is the first time I've ever even admitted in public that like, yeah, I did have a problem and I am sober. Like, cause like I said, so you got the scoop first, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Hot no. off the press. <laughs> I, I appreciate you being so open. And I think it's, it's important though, right? Because if you can go through these experiences and make it out on the other side, right? Yeah. You're, you're an example, right? right. You're, you're a beacon of hope, right? Like, anyone going through it going through the shit of it it's so hard to see the end of the the end of the tunnel it's hard to it see is. the light of the tunnel it is and ultimately people want to help you people give you advice but you're not going to get anything done until you yourself go i like what do they say alcoholics like you know we like to dig a hole and live in it yeah and yeah i mean i speak from experience yeah. i know exactly what that's like and the only person that's going to get you out of the, the hole is yourself. And the funny thing is we're in a hole and there's a fucking ladder right next to us. So, you know what right I mean? There. 
It's right there. It's right there. So being able to take ownership of hurt you caused people, being able to take ownership of your actions. And, you know, it's great. Like, you know, what's going to be great is I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to fucking remember this. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, that's fucking, and you never think. And that comes back to the great, like the gratitude thing. It's like, I'm grateful that like, I just met you and I get to do this. Like how fucking cool is this? Yeah. You know, but like, I would have never had that perspective had I not made that shift in my life. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah. And we're here. We're here. You're here. You're we fucking, here. We're fucking, we're doing it, dude. We're doing it, bro. We're doing it. No, it's true, right? What, 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 not, not what was, but did you have people around you saying, you got to get it fixed? You got to get help? Well, no, because, and this is the interesting thing is I'm very sneaky. Okay. <laughs> I'm sneaky and I'm good at, I'm good at like hiding things. Yeah. And I'm not proud of that, but, but I am. And, you know, when you're 28, everybody around you is doing the same shit as you are. Yeah. Right. And maybe it isn't fucking them up as much as it is you, but you know, it's like, no, the people weren't like, you got to get help. Damn. And that's the fucked up part. So it was solely on me to do it. That's the beautiful part. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, no, that's the beautiful part. It, it, it was odd though, because yeah, like there was never a moment where like, Everybody's like, we got to get the student intervention. Holy shit. No, because the people around me yeah. were still doing yeah. the same things. Yeah. So maybe they couldn't see. Yeah. And you know what's great is like, you know, I've had friends reach out to me and be like, yo, I want to get sober. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, well, you called the right guy. Yeah. So I can, I, can help you, I can help you do that. You know, like you got to do the rowing, but I can help steer the boat. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. But ultimately, it comes down to us it's like ownership yeah saying like i want to do it yeah and that's kind of how i am man i'm like a guy's like if i want to do something i fucking do it yeah and you know that does have its pros and cons of course but it, i don't know man like i said it's a beautiful thing because regardless of the people around you or not right uh no one's saying uh, hey bro you got you you got a problem here like you fucked up last night like you fucked up the night you fucked up the night before 10 times before that uh, and you, you got to get help, right? Well, I, I think, I guess the thing is I, I would always, I was so in love with music that I would really never let it affect the music side of it. Wow. So it's like, I would never go on stage. Like I can count on one hand how many times I've been on stage, like even slightly drunk. Right. Wow. So it's like, I would do that. But as soon as it was over, it's like go time. And, and, you know, I remember um, actually playing with one of those country bands. We were playing in fucking middle of nowhere, Georgia. And my friend recommended me for this gig, and it was like a cover band. So I had to learn like fucking 60 songs in a week. I'm like 20 years old, 21 years old, I guess. Yeah. Jeez. Learned 60 songs in a week to do this thing. And I heard these guys are big partiers. So I was like, fuck, yeah, this is going to be sick. We're going to get drunk and play country tunes. We get to this place in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. They put us in a trailer, in a trailer park. That's where we stayed for the week where we played at this place. <sighs> and these guys were just like so like, no, like nobody drank, nobody did anything. I'm like, yo, this sucks. And I get on stage and I play for four hours because we did like four sets. Jeez. And I'm like, 
the whole time, I, all I could think about was, I just want to get fucked up. Like, I heard this was like the party crew. Yeah. Nothing. And then the last night, it was like on. So it's like, and I was so drunk on stage. I don't like, don't know how I played, but I did. I made it through, right? Yeah. And that was like the most drunk I've ever been on stage. And it's like, it's kind of embarrassing because like, you don't really know. Cause it's like, think about how much muscle memory and I, finite I, movements you have to do when you're playing drums. And it's just like, you know, if you get sloppy drunk, it's like, it affects everything. Yeah. If you're like a stumble bum, yeah. like me, you know, I'm fucking <laughs> running into walls and shit. <laughs> so it's, yeah. I, and I was always good about that. You were able to differentiate between the two, which is, well, and there, there, there's been, there's been select moments. Like, like I said, I can count them on one hand. Sure. But they're out of all the years they've been playing music. If there's been select moments, not a fucking, you know, yeah, a, a portfolio filled. And I think that's why I kind of got away with it. it I, that would make a lot of sense. And right? I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but it happened and I'm where I'm at. I now. mean, it's a good thing for you because you were able to get through it and you didn't make a complete ass of yourself. Well, I still make an ass out of myself, okay, well, but it's about sober. Okay. Well, then, <laughs> so, you know. well, then there we go. Okay. Touche. Uh, but, but, but it is, it's, it's, it's amazing that you were, you were able to do it when, when you said, okay, the fuck did you just like, how did you go through it? When, when I got sober, yeah, yeah. um, it was just like, it, I remember it was one day and I was, it was 1130 in the morning and I was already drinking shit and it was just it hit me like a ton of bricks it's like what are you gonna do man you're gonna fucking die if you keep yeah. doing this and i got lucky too i also you know i say like i pulled the ripcord before i hit the ground because it could have got a lot worse so yeah. i think i caught it before it got too bad yeah but i literally i i picked up my phone and i called somebody <laughs> i said like i need help i admitted it and then I still talk to that person almost every single day. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So here we are. And you know, I'm drinking LaCroix. Yeah. I still party. Shout out to LaCroix. Chain smoke these things. They're <laughs> fucking delicious. They are. What's your Whoops. favorite flavor? Uh coconut. Fuck yes, dude. I don't meet too many people that say that, and that is by far my favorite. I'm cuckoo for the coconut. Fuck yeah. You know. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. <laughs> my fucking wife thinks it tastes like uh like like uh suntan lotion i'm like that's my favorite part oh yeah yeah it's like fucking drinking copper tone it goes down smooth it goes it goes, the throat, yeah. baby. It goes so smooth um so you made through shit all right kudos to you man seriously shout out Thank like you. that's 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 awesome uh and i'll just ask one more question about this right and then we'll pop to other parts right um going through this because i mean this is still relatively new to you what three yeah. years two three four what the sober yeah. thing a year a year a little under a year actually holy shit yeah. so you went like like through covid right yeah so the the last tour that we did the australian tour yeah i was still on it holy shit and so when i got home dude that's so awesome it was actually right at the beginning of the pandemic like the first week of the pandemic i was like nope are you afraid when things do pick back up and you're around it? Nah. I love that. I, I ain't scared. It. Right, there we go. Bring right. it on. Yeah. Br bring it fucking on. No. And I would think that like, although like being put in the, the, like, you know, hanging out with a whole bunch of people, them partying all the time, like that, that could be hard, but probably even worse, you know, being at home stuck in your own thoughts. Yeah. 
It is. And that's why you have to, uh, you know, find healthy ways to, to deal with that. And, you know, meditation calms the mind. Yeah. Like a stream of thought or stream of consciousness writing. I do that. Like gratitude lists. Okay. You know? Explain that. What is that? I, I've never done stream of consciousness writing. You just pen and paper and just whatever comes out, you write down. Even if it's like bananas are tasty. I like smoothies. My friend has a but, cool car. Really? And then every once in a while, something will be like, the reason you are unhappy is you're holding on to things that aren't serving you. You're like, holy shit. Where did that come from? I was just talking about smoothies. And then no something else comes out. Yeah. Just, just let it happen. And like, sometimes nothing comes out, you know, you're like, clouds are cool. Okay. I like rice. I love that though. Yeah. Try it sometimes. It's cool. How long do you do it for? However long, 10 minutes, just fill up a page, just whatever comes out, dude. I'm going to try that. And every once in a while, something good will come out. Like, and it's like a thought that you didn't realize you had like a subconscious kind of thing. Yeah. Cause you let the subconscious take over. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Check it out, man. I will. I will. I will for sure. And then meditation. How did you start doing that? Well, I started getting into that a while ago. Um, and just, you know, like I have an app called Headspace. Okay. That I yeah. use. It's pretty cool. And then, um, but I'm not good enough at it to do it just by myself. Like, cause there's some people that can do that, but I, I have to have the guided one. I'm still, yeah, you're still. Well, my head still kind of chatters. Yeah, that's it, know? right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's always a bitch, right? Because I can't ever calm my brain down completely. It's weird, and it teaches you how to like, like observe thoughts and kind of like, it's like like a cloud that goes by, and you just watch it, and you're like, oh, I'm having this thought. Oh, it's now it's gone. Okay, and you're like watching the sky, and oh, there's another thought. <laughs> you can kind of just like, and once you can separate. You know, it's like instead of your brain actively talking to you, it's just oh, I'm having a thought. There it goes. Let it go. Just let it go. Yeah, that's kind of like in those in-between moments are kind of where you can find the peace. And I guess the goal is to extend those moments. Yeah, I mean, that would, yeah, that's, yeah, I got, I got to do that more. You know, I, 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 every time I try, I get into it and then I just fucking stop, right? But I, it's I think tough, it's, yeah. it is, it is. It's just to, the thought of shutting my brain down, like just shutting it down. Like it's just so crazy and bananas to me because like I'm just like, brrr. They, they say that's how you find ultimate enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. Like those Buddhist monks that like, <sighs> they'll just meditate, dude. And they're probably just so fucking Zen, dude. It, what, they're just in a blank space. Like, dude, uh, and nothing like if you can shut off your mind without any chemicals or substances, dude, like you, you're like the ultimate. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. You are, you are, you like, are yeah, it. Dude. You are it. You, you are like a fucking Buddhist monk. Right? Imagine like being that, calm and just like nothing would bother you <sighs> yeah that's so crazy to me man that's nothing so crazy would bother you. like i'm so terrible at that oh, yeah. um but it's something that I, we can all be better but some, definitely something i could be better at at doing you know I, i've gotten really good at like taking care of myself eating healthy working and doing all of that shit right but one thing i really want to focus on is meditation um what really pushed you in the direction? Was it just kind of going through this whole process or? Well, before that, just making my brain try to shut the fuck up for five seconds, you yeah. know? Yeah. Cause like when you're, you know, drinking a lot and stuff, your brain likes to tell you, you're a fucking loser. Of course. What are you doing? Yeah. You suck at drums. You should quit. <laughs> fuck you. It's <laughs> ugly. You smell like shit. And you're just like, make it fucking stop. Make yeah. it stop, please. 
So you try to find any way you can to, you know, make it stop. stop. Make it stop. And whether that's, you know. But that makes it worse. It does. It's like the hate and the, the exactly. hate gas in the yeah, engine. It's like, it, it'll, it'll, it's a temporary fix for sure. Of course. But it's got long-term consequences. Yeah, it does. That'll ultimately end up hurting you more than helping you. Yeah. It, it always wins the battle, which is fucking, yeah, it's fucked up. That being said, um, all right, let's bring it back to your story, right? Let's bring it back to you. Uh, eight, what, what senior in high school, getting ready to graduate. Your father passes away. You're 18 years old. After that, what did you do? So right after that, yeah, I auditioned for this band that was five hours away and immediately moved out and moved to East Tennessee. Wait, whoa. Yeah, soon, like literally as soon as I graduated high school, I auditioned for this band and I was like, fuck it. So this like literally like two days after I graduated, I think. Holy shit. I was like, I'm moving away. Yeah. So that was my first foray into like getting out. So I just, yeah, moved out and I was um, living in the guitar player's parents' basement okay. in a nook. And I didn't even have a door. I had like those like hippie beads, like yeah. the hangly downy yeah. beads yep. had like a Buddha on it. <laughs> and I had a dresser and a mattress on the floor. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And I was like, well, here's step one. Yeah. Let's try to make something happen. And that ended up not working out. And then I came back home and then I ended up moving to Murfreesboro, Tennessee which is where MTSU is. Okay. It's a huge college out there. And all my friends went to college there, but I didn't. Yeah. So I was like, there's a lot of musicians out there. I'll go out there. So I moved into a closet <laughs> and my, I rented a closet and I say closet. It was actually like pretty big, but um, it had the washer and dryer hookups in it. Okay. But I converted it like into a bedroom. So yeah. it wasn't horrible. Yeah. And then, you know, same thing, just lived out there for like a year or two. While I was playing with bands, just trying to make something happen, meeting people. Were you working at all? Yeah, I actually worked at an ice cream shop. All right. I actually have a tattoo of an ice cream cone behind my ear. All right. What side? Because <laughs> so I was like, dude, ice cream's awesome. And it was kind of cool. It was like this uh, ice cream shop, and the owner was really awesome. And like when I had to like go play shows, you know, he'd let me off. And there's a couple other guys that worked there that were in bands. Shit, that's cool. So it was kind of like a little, there's like four or five of us. Yeah. And so he knew, he understood. He, he got it. That's got awesome, it. man. And he had a couple different locations. So it's like when I ended up moving back home into my mom's, I worked at the one closest to her and then when i was out in murfreesboro that's dope man. yeah i you, i don't know it's you look at your story like look at anyone's story there are people that um that kind of stand out and it's like being uh being a kid working out of place and having your boss understand like yeah like, man we all have passions we all have dreams right mm-hmm. it wasn't holding you back from that shit you got a tattoo of it now yeah too, i got right? a tattoo of it and you know i gotta say it's a it was marble slab it's like cold stone yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i've actually been at a mall and be like i have a marble slab tattoo and they've given me free ice cream shut the heck up yeah yes 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 so yes out. that's so fucking i've cool. had a i've had a lot of strange little jobs i worked okay. at the um hobby lobby i worked at the frame shop like that was right when i moved back from east tennessee so I was working in a frame shop in Hobby Lobby. All right. Custom framing. <laughs> do they teach you how to do that? Yeah. They taught me everything. And I remember, so I, dude, here's, here's a funny story. 
this lady brought in this Santa Claus painting and it was painted by some famous artist. And I don't remember who it was, but I remember I was trying to, I think I was like cutting the glass for it or something. And I dropped something on the painting and it left a mark. So my dumb ass, I was like, well, I'm going to take this eraser and do this. Oh my God. So like I ruined like a fucking, and it was like an original and it was worth like, she had it insured, but there's this older lady that worked with me. She's like, all right, you're new here. I'll take this one for you, but you only get one. So she went out there and told the lady furious, furious. No fucking way. She took the blame. Yeah. I was like, dude, man, Susan, you are a fucking legend. Another person, another person that stands out, right? Fucking round of applause. Yeah, dude, like, come on. You probably would have got fired, right? Oh, yeah. You got fired. She was a veteran, so she took the fire. Damn, that's gangster, man. Yeah. That's so cool. Shout out to Susan. Yeah. Seriously, that's so cool. Okay, so, damn, dude, (laughs) you got a little. What the fuck did you get on the painting? I forget what it was, but I think. I dropped something on it and it was like a liquid and I don't remember what it was. This is so long ago, but I dropped something. So say if this is the painting yeah. and I'm like cutting the glass for it, something like landed like right on a white part. Like I was like, Oh shit, I should probably try to get that off. And I took on a fucking eraser from a pencil cause I thought I was being slick. Right. Nope. And it just smudged it, smudged the shit out. So there's like this incredible Santa painting, like this big pink mark on it. I was like, oh, man, this is not good. Dude, that sucks. Yeah. But that's cool, though. It uh, happens. <laughs> you, uh, and this was at Hobby Lobby. This was at Hobby Lobby in Hermitage, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. You've been all over Her- or all over Tennessee. Yeah, I did a lot of geographics there, yeah. but that was all before I came out here. So, uh, all right, so the, we'll bring it back to the ice cream shop, right? Because that's, I think, the last thing I remember along the way. You, you moved out. You went to, uh, what was the place that you went Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Murfreesboro, right? Yeah. Then he came back. Uh, what happened after that? How old were you? Like 19? 20? Yeah, I was like 19. So I lived in Murfreesboro from like, I think it was 19 to 20. To 21. So this I lived is, there like two years. So this is building up because 22 is when you left. Yeah, 22 is when I left. So what was it? What was the, uh, like that, that fucking just broke? It said, I'm going nothing changed in that uh i mean i was playing with this band and um it kind of like it was very promising you know it's like very exciting everybody was kind of like on the same page and it felt like this is like oh my god and, you know there's talks like oh i my my uncle works at this label we're in nashville right so everybody's got a fucking uncle at epic records yeah so my uncle is like head of A&R and like, he's interested. Everybody's fucking interested. Everybody's like, got in keeping an eye on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was just, just this whole thing of like, almost there, almost there. Every band was like, Oh, we're almost got a deal all this. And then I think it was like the actual, like fuck it moment was like, when I moved to LA, I was like, I don't want to be in a band. I want to be like a fucking hired gun. Yeah. Like play drums for like whoever, like Katy Perry, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Just be like a hired musician. It's like, that's good work. They get paid well. They're like on a bus, nice hotels. That's what I want to do. And then that's kind of right around the time I moved to, and that's like, honestly, when I, when I first moved to LA, like I wasn't 
like drumming wise, I'd kind of left like the whole punk metal hardcore. Yeah. Like I didn't practice with two kick drums. I didn't, you know, I was listening to like a lot of hip hop and like listening to like different, like, like a lot of jazz and stuff to try to, cause I was like, I got to think different now. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be like this metal drummer anymore. I got to be like more rounded and have a bigger like musical vocabulary. Yeah. And then like, lo and behold, like life's full circle. Of course it's it like, this is it. Well, I'm doing what I grew up, you know, of course it, it kind of brings doing. it back. It, it brings it all the yeah. way back. Um, okay. But what, what was it like? So that band, right. You, you just, yeah, shit wasn't going anywhere. And that's gotta be so hard. Like as a, you know, musician, right. It's like those almost make it. So it's almost make it. I mean, that's, that's literally what it is. And it was, just like the breaking point of like, all right, if I'm going to get out of here, now's the time to do it. Like that band ended up not doing anything. And it's like, all right, now's the time to do it. And I remember I moved to LA on St. Patty's day, 2012. And my, my buddy drove out here when the U-Haul with me and I got to LA on St. Patty's day, 2012. And it was fucking raining. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like the first day I'm here, it rains. Yep. It rained. It was like a fucking monsoon that day. That's so awesome. And I was, I was just like, fuck, this sucks. You're expecting to be like all sunny yeah. and perfect. It's like it's LA, man. It's, it's supposed to be sunny all and the time. Fun. I mean, it usually Where are all the chicks in bikinis at? There's just homeless dudes taking a shit outside of my apartment. California dreaming my ass. Uh, did you know where you were going to move when you got here? Yeah, so I, I found an apartment and I actually lived on Wilcox Avenue in Hollywood. Okay. And God, man, that was a fucking. That was a whole, that that whole area. So I guess back in the nineties, that was just like the worst place to be. Yeah. And then I guess it's kind of nicer now, but and it, and I ended up making friends with this guy that lived and I actually saw him last night. Me and him went to, to oh, that's dinner. Funny. He's like one of my oldest friends in LA. <laughs> um, but the guy lived across the street from me in this apartment building. We just started hanging out, and he's like became one of my best friends just randomly, and. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, it was like one of the first dudes I met in LA. And then however many years later, I still hang out with the guy. Yeah, fucking eight or nine years later. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So you came out here with in mind that you were going to be like a what studio musician or... Yeah, just, just to do some- something because I was tired of failure in bands. Yeah. I was like, I want to be a hired gun for whoever will take me. It's Whatever a, genre of music it'll be. What did you do? What was the first like? What was the first job? How did you even start getting a job or hired or did you get a side job? Or? The first gig I had when I moved to LA, and this will surprise a lot of people, is I played for a Latin artist. Okay. There was a horn section and a percussion player, and that's I was totally out of my element. It, like it was, it was great for like musical growth because it's like, what are you gonna do, man? Like you're in the fucking deep now. Yeah. Sink or swim. But that was fun, man, and I got to play. Uh, I guess I played. I only played a couple shows with her, but it was it was great. And then I got kind of through when I was at MI. I got um, somebody told me about this audition. Like you'd be perfect for this. So I auditioned for this uh, girl. She's like Australian rock artist. I got the gig, and I dropped out of MI, and immediately went on tour with Ted Nugent. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, opening for Ted Nugent. Shut up, dude. That guy's fucking wild, man. <laughs> Motor City Madman. Yeah. He, I can confirm, yeah. What did you, th- what was that experience like when you like knew that you were going to go on tour with Ted Nugent? Well, I was like, well, okay. Step one, you know, it's like I got a gig and it pays. 
and I get to play rock and roll. That's cool. I like rock and roll. Yeah. And I get to watch Ted Nugent every night. <laughs> can win. Holy shit. You know, it was awesome. How long were you on tour for? I think that was like six weeks, five or six weeks. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, it was just incredible to watch like the real deal dudes do it every night. And you learn a lot from watching side stage. I don't doubt that. And you, um, we're out here for how long at that point? Hmm, that was a year. Okay, so yeah. And were you working side jobs? Did you save up money? Family was no. Happening? I, I kind of saved up some money, and then um, my mom was, you know, throwing me some shekels because I was like in school. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then at that point, you know, I got that gig, and it was actually paying pretty good. So I was able to like pay the bills after like a year. Damn, that's awesome. And then that, you know, excuse me. Um, basically. Like after about a year of that gig, they're like, we're going to go in a different direction. Uh, nice, nice to have you. Thanks. Oh shit. What was that All like? Right. That must've sucked. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I had a fucking job. Now I don't. And so what did you have to do? Well, at that point I was just like, fuck like scramble mode. Right. Yeah. And then not too long after that, I was playing with another band. It was kind of like the bass player in that first band. Um, was in another band. They needed a drummer. So I kind of got like into the rock world a little bit. Jeez. And that was cool. So we'd play like House of Blues on Sunset and like, and the band was cool, man. And we did, um, you know, shows around LA, but it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't going everywhere. It should have gone. Yeah. And then we, I, so here's another funny story. We actually ended up playing in Mexico. <sighs> And I got food poisoning for this festival we were supposed to play in Ensenada. Okay. And I was shitting and puking my fucking guts out all day. So I finally make it to the venue and they're like, okay, we're going to go on like in an hour. I'm like, can somebody please just give me like some Pepto-Bismol or something? So one of the guys like runs to the store and does this. So we're like, all right, you're on in 30 minutes. We're like backstage. The fucking federales come like machine guns on the back of the trucks and they're like get the fuck out of here whoever was running that festival didn't pay off the right people so i am like dying well, i think i'm dying from food poisoning in mexico and then the show gets shut down that was like a saving grace yeah imagine having to play on stage with food poisoning yeah well i i've actually had to play on stage and incapacitated i almost broke my foot in south america 2019 and I thought I broke my foot, and I still played that night. I was limping, had crutches. Okay, okay. I still went on stage and did that, so that hurt. Yeah, and then you had to do it again recent, right after? Well, no, that was actually the last show of tour. Talk about a little bit of luck. Did you break it, or was it just sprained? When I got back to the States, actually, I, you know, they put me on the wheelchair, and I got like the priority access yeah. on the plane, which <laughs> is fucking awesome, by the yes. way. <laughs> but as soon as I got back to LA, I went to the doctor and they said it was the worst contusion they'd ever seen without a bone breaking. I was walking to Starbucks at like two in the afternoon in Santiago, Chile. There's a piece of metal sticking out of the ground. And, oh. I, was, and I was like power walking. Cause I was like, I got to get back to the hotel because of, because we got to go to the venue. So I basically just kicked it as hard as I could and just ate shit. And people were like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh my God. That was embarrassing. Cause it was on a busy street. So I finished walking to Starbucks cause I had the adrenaline going and I get my coffee and I'm like walking back. I'm like, my foot doesn't feel right. Oh, and it was like a mile away too. And then I'm like, Oh God, 
no, like something is not right. And then like, I couldn't walk. And I was like, like walking on the side of my fucking foot for like half a mile. I get back to the hotel. I take my shoe off. My big toe is purple. I'm like, so I called the tour manager. I'm like, I broke my foot. They're like, shit. Like, can you still play? I'm like, no, we're going to play. We're going to play. We'll just take out all the songs with crazy double bass. It's like, okay, we can do it. And then I get to the venue. We do a sound check. And I'm like, some guy that worked at the venue is like, hey, man, I broke my foot last year. I have a boot at my house. I'll get it for you. So some guy brought a boot to me. How sick Shut is that? the fuck yeah. up. Talk about things working out. And so that must have helped out a lot. Oh, yeah. But so we get on stage. And um, the first song... I forget what it was, but the first song had a part in it. And I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm just going to play it. And I did it. And I was like, I, I, I did it. I did it. So we like added the songs back in. And we're like, let's do this song. Oh, shit. No so way. So I ended up playing the full set. And then immediately after, I was like, oh, my God. My foot's so fucked. <laughs> Thank God it was the last show. Man. Yeah, and it was my left foot, too, which is lucky. Because if it was the right one, that would have been way harder. Yeah, that would suck, man. But yeah, last show, then fly back to LA. And then I got like another boot that fit and then it fucking crutches yeah. oh, i was dude. like out of commission for like three weeks dude that shit sucks yeah i still I, can't bend my big toe all the way down really at all i like a little bit but like it kind of stops at a certain point but they said that it didn't break all the way through it didn't break at all but it was just like however it hit like i had like it bruised like she's like it was the craziest thing we've ever seen like we've never seen a contusion that bad without a bone breaking do you think that has anything to do with you playing drums? Like your feet are just so strong? I don't know, man. It was it was weird. It hurt like shit, though. I don't fucking doubt that. Damn, because your your feet, dude. It's just like so sensitive. Like uh, last year, um, like I, I sometimes wake up before my wife, and every morning I get up and I come in and work out, and um, and uh, and so I remember I was like opening the door because I was like trying to be quiet, but I needed to be quick because I had to grab something out of our room. And I fucking stepped in, but I stepped in like really fast and I built this wet wooden bed. Uh, my, my friend and I, we built this wooden bed. And so like, there's like this little wooden piece that kind of like sticks out and I wasn't paying attention and I just fucking smashed the shit out of my ankle uh. into it. Right. It fucking like for probably two months, it was just like so hard to walk. And I, my dumbass didn't go get an x-ray or anything like that. But like eventually about three, four months in, it started feeling better. Um, but what really fucked it up was during July 4th, uh, we were playing, I was in Florida playing football. Uh, I don't know, or no, Frisbee football, whatever, right? And I was just having so much fun. I was like running back and forth, like not even You're thinking. Reckless. I was exactly- You were being reckless. Like a dumbass. And then three months later, it fucking just killed me. And then eventually it got better. I probably should have got checked out. But I don't play drums. Like that's, that's not me. You, that's everything. You know how hard it was for me to not play drums for like three weeks? Yeah, that's got to be terrible. I, I play like almost two hours every day still because I got nothing else to do, right? Might as well try to get better. Yeah. And fuck, man. Yeah, three weeks of being... Just not doing it. It's like out of commission, man. Just not doing it. Um, do your neighbors care? Do they hear it? No, I have this, I'm in a studio. It's like oh, okay. an industrial part of North Hollywood. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, there's wait, nobody around. Wait, you live in a studio? 
No, no. Oh, you just go to the no. studio to play. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. I mean, I spent enough time there. I guess yeah. you could consider I live there. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. All right. So let's, let's, let's bring it back. Right. Um, so, so kind of like some of the last thing you're talking about is with, with Ted Nugent and then getting dropped from the band, right? Mm. Uh, what happened next? What happened after that? Well, that's when um, I kind of, I guess, wait, what was that? That was 2013. So 14. Okay, this is where it gets juicy. 2014, I, my buddy who I'd known from this tour I did in Nashville uh, had this band and they were like a hardcore band that was like pretty big. And he's like, Hey, our drummer just quit or he got fired, whatever. He's like, can you do this tour? I'm like, I'm not doing anything right now. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh-huh. Keep in mind. I hadn't played like really heavy shit in a very, very long time. Like five, six years at this Jeez. point. So I'm like, okay. So we get on this tour and it's like full on, like heavy, like, a lot of like breakdowns and shit like that. I'm kind of like out of my element because I haven't played this shit in forever. I've been coming off of like rock and roll yeah. world, just you know. So I did it and I I got through the tour and I ended up going to like Mexico with that band and you know we did a couple tours around and then that band decided they wanted to do like a change of direction. They're like, we're gonna become more of like a punk band. So it was like, you want to be a member of this band? I'm like, yeah, I'm not in a band. I'll be in this band. And that band ended up becoming Runaway Kids. Okay. Which I was in for, I guess, 15 to 18, three years. Holy shit. Yeah. And then Runaway Kids, you know, we, we, we had some, we had a good run. And they're still a band. They're still going. They're actually recording right now, working on new stuff. But Runaway Kids ended up opening up for like Pennywise, Strung Out, Under yep. Law. Yep. And then that's how I met everybody that holy, I know. Holy shit. And then Strung Out asked me to audition in 2018 after uh, Jordan, you know, left the band. So that kind of takes us to here. Holy shit. All right. So you, you get into the band. That was in 2015, right? Um, what was that experience like? Did you like at that time when you were looking inside at yourself, right? Were you happy with where you were at? Yeah, it was exciting. It was exciting. I was like in a new project, but like, you know, once again, back to the being in my own band. Yeah. It's like, there's a chance for failure. Of course. It's not a, excuse me. It's not like a hired gun thing where you're like, oh, the artist, you know, is paying you. You don't have any say in the creative part, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to be in from being like, I never want to be in a band again to now I'm in a band. To three years later. Three or four, yeah. Like three or four or whatever. Yeah, I guess three. Yeah. Three years later, back to it. <laughs> it's kind of funny how those things happen. Yeah, right? It is. And then, yeah, I mean, that was like some of the best times of my life. Just oh. like rolling around in the van, just smells like farts. <laughs> you know, we're like, where are we sleeping tonight? Who knows? Just going. Might be in a parking lot of a Walmart. Holy but shit. But we played an awesome show. Yeah. That was awesome, too, because we got to play. Um, we got to open for some awesome bands. Like, our first tour was a lag wagon. Dude. And that was, like, so awesome because it's, like, <laughs> every night was just, like, fucking incredible. God. And, like, we were lucky, man. We got, we kind of, like, hit the ground running. And it kind of seemed like it would be um, this thing where, like, there was energy about it. And people were like, oh, this is the band to watch out for. 
But then the strung out thing came and I was like, you can't turn down that. <sighs> and I got to be in a band that's like kind of known for the drums. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it was an interesting switch. Yeah. That, that, that is right. Was there something that like that happened that you said, like, cause obviously something had to happen, uh, for you to, you know, try out for, you know, that for strung out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just more of like, this seemed like the right move at the right time. Yeah. It seemed like if I was going to do it, like that was the next level. Yeah. So I kind of just took the opportunity when it presented itself. What, was there someone that said, Hey, you want to try out? Like, how does that yeah, even happen? Yeah. So I guess, you know, how it, how the story goes. Yes. How the story goes, you know, since we're on back to your story, yeah. <laughs> the podcast about our stories yes. and our backs, apparently yes. <laughs> mine's kind of sweaty right now. Um, the story went, you're funny. Uh, Rob from strung out, you know, runaway kids had opened up for strung out a couple times. Now we did this like seven week tour with them. And then we did a couple one-offs here and there, you know, so they saw me play and they're like, I guess they thought I was somewhat capable but uh, Rob is in this other band called The Implants. Yeah. And their drummer couldn't do a show. And he's like, hey, man, can you fill in for this show? And I was like, yeah, man, why not? I'll do it. So I did it, and we had like, I had like a week to learn the songs. And they're fucking like fast. And it's like pretty tough. It was like a lot more technical than what I was doing with the Runaway Kids. Keep in mind, I kind of grew up doing that, but that was years ago. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I kind of differed. My not differed. That's not the right word. I changed my playing style a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I'd done the whole Latin thing and I thought I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like studying jazz at MI and all this. And like, so I had to like kind of channel this whole like young pissed off kid thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I got the gig done and like we had one rehearsal and I think there was only three of us there. So go on stage and played it and I like did great. I thought so, you know. And then Rob saw that. That was 2017. And 2018 was when the strung out thing happened. Yeah. Holy so, shit. Here we are. That's crazy, Back man. Back to unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there for we'll sure. Get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there, right? Um, what was the moment? Like, what What the fuck happened? Like, they. how did you find out that you were now the new drummer of strung out? Like, because that's fucking crazy. Like, that's I grew up listening. To, I grew up listening to Strung Out, No Effects, Lessons, you know, Lagwagon, Rising. Mm -hmm. It's like these are the bands that I grew up listening to. Right. Um, so for you, like that's, you know, it's weird. Okay, this is like I've never. So when I was in Runaway Kids, I um, had this drum set made, and I made it to the same sizes that Jordan's drum kit was. Holy the shit. same exact set. I showed him a photo. I was like, I want this set up. And the guy made it for me. And then like two, three years later, I'm using that drum kit and that band. Like talk about, wow. It's like the, it's this baby blue kit that I have. And like, if you look first couple of tours, I did a strung out. It was the kit I was using. It was like perfect. Cause it's like all the, cause Jordan had a big drum kit and like strung outs known for, you know, it's a little bit more complex than just like punk. There's like a lot of metal influence. Yeah. So Yeah. It's kind of weird how that works. No, it's yeah, it is. It's uh, I was like, I wanted to play like because I love big drum kits. Like, I've always been a fan of like over the top. Just like I'm, I'm a oh. like I love like the showmanship. I love yeah. like big amps on stage yes. and stuff. Yeah, that's why I have like such a big kit now. It's like one, 
I need the toms because of the recorded songs have a lot of toms in them. But yeah, I don't know. I have two kick drums now just because I can. Yeah. Well, it's just a beautiful thing, right? Just and like people are like, you can't have two kick drums of punk rock. And I go, fuck you. Yes, I can. No, I'm doing you're, it. You're, you're literally I'm doing, doing it. it right? So, you know, I don't know anyone that says you can't do anything. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, it makes me want to do it even more. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, it, people told Elon Musk he couldn't fly rockets, right? He yeah, couldn't build that, a fucking car. You know, he built a car and put it on a rocket. Yeah, exactly. Sent it to space. <laughs> exactly. So just shut he posted the fuck memes up. about it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> literally. So just shut the fuck up. Right. I, I hate that. Um, what was it like though when you were officially now the drummer of Strung Out? Well, so they gave me five songs to learn to audition. I can't remember, but if you're a Strung Out fan, I know Solitaire, Animal in the Machine. God, what are the other ones? I know those those were two for sure. So I did it and I played with them and it kind of was just like it clicked. Yeah. I could tell it was like the vibe was good. And I was like, I have a pretty good fucking shot at this. And they asked me to leave my drums there. So I was like, okay, this is good. Wow. So I left my kit there. I came back like two or three days later and we jammed the same five songs again. Then they asked me like, Hey, you want to play some more, learn some more? I was like, for sure. So I learned a couple more and then they told me I had it. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. So immediately. So this is when they did, if you guys remember the uh, acoustic EP that came out, this was, so that was already recorded before I was in the band, but I was in the videos for that because that was like, that was about to get released like right as I joined the band. So uh, like a lot of people think that's me on it. It's not somebody oh, else. Shit. did that. So I uh, was in the video. So it's like two weeks later, like I'm in the music video for, we filmed, I think we filmed two videos like back to back. So yeah, I'm like in the music video and so I like it, I don't think it had been announced yet. And in the music video for uh, I don't fuck, I don't even remember the name of the song. <laughs> uh, I forget. It's the the one where we're like rolling around. It was all the fires were in Ventura. In yeah, that was 2018. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that stuff. And Jason, our singer, lives up there. So everything was burnt out. So we took advantage of that for the music video. Oh shit! Yeah. So we shot like all these like us like wandering through the desert, Mad Mad Max style, you know. And we took a couple of still shots because we were all like all oops, all covered in like dirt and stuff. It was like apocalyptic looking. Yeah. So we took a couple of still shots. And I don't know what happened because they hadn't announced Jordan left the band yet. That photo gets posted on their Facebook page, on their Instagram. And it's me and not Jordan. And I hadn't even announced that I was in the band yet. I don't know how that happened. But everybody's like, uh, what's going on here? Holy shit. Jordan's not in the photo. Like, what's going on? And then, like, everybody's like, I think that's the guy from Runaway Kids. And then it had to, you know, I think the press release came out. I don't know if that was a miscommunication or that was yeah. on purpose. Or by design, right? But, you know, um, yeah, it was kind of like, I'm in it now. Well, no, right. yeah, there's no turning back. What was it? Did you get hate? Did you? Were people oh, cool? yeah. Oh, right. yeah. You know, it's funny. Actually, I, I checked my Instagram yesterday and some guy sent me a message he's like i want to apologize man starting out was my favorite band and i fucking hated that you replaced jordan I'm like i get it dude the guy's yeah. a legend yeah and like i'm never gonna be that guy i'm gonna be the best version of me that i can of be. course so like i'm gonna do what i do and if you like it that's great if you don't you're entitled to your opinion that's that's great too you know yeah you, everybody has different tastes i respect that but i try to respect the, the parts and you know the band gave me a lot of 
creative freedom to change things too. And they encourage it. They're like, dude, spice this up, make this, you know, change it. Or sometimes they'll be like, you know, keep it the same. That should be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I get that. I get so that. I try to like respect the parts as much as I can, but yeah, I, I get hate. I don't doubt it. I, I don't doubt it. And it's, and you know, it's funny too, is like most of the people that are like haters, if they see you in person, they'll kiss your ass. Of course, dude. That's exactly how it is. Right. Dude, the comments on YouTube's the worst though. Cause I'll, I'll post like drum cams. Okay. And you know, there's all these comments of like, this guy's a fucking poser. Look at this fucking lame ass. Like why? Like, like the only reason I was a fan was because of Jordan. I'm like, all right, well, sorry. Didn't mean to offend you by living. Like literally, <laughs> like what would they do? Would they rather have the band break up and never do music again? Like, yeah. I mean, and I, I get it, man. It's like, cause you know, I, I'm a huge kiss fan. Right. Yeah. And like, would I love to see Peter Chris back in the band and Ace freely? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not. But guess what? Kiss is still playing. Exactly. Would I still go? Yes. Of course. Because it's the songs that matter. Of course. I love the original lineup. That's awesome. Of course. But, you know, it didn't work out for a reason. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to move on. and You have to. You have to. And, and, and people just need to understand and put themselves in other people's shoes. It's not your fault. You didn't fucking, you know, have Jordan leave the band. Like, no, it was- I didn't. I didn't sabotage anything. I literally was handed an opportunity and I'd be crazy not to take it. Of course. Any human being, you know, that, that had a passion for drums and wanted to make this their life would and, and, and played the genre of music. Like, and it's awesome, too, because it's not only like it's a band that's known for like having the dude on drums yeah of course yeah. it's like it's like like blink 182 like for example Travis. it's like the songs are cool but it's like the, the drums are what makes of those songs course. they're like yeah. crazy and fun yeah and it's kind of like the same thing of like man this is really like a, a chance to show people what i can do of course but having said that you know i go back and listen to the record i did and i'm like why did i do that there <laughs> i would have never done that even though it was recorded like what two years ago yeah. i'm like I totally overplayed that one, but that's life, man. We yeah. always look it's back a at a snapshot thing. of time. Yeah, of course. And that was me trying to prove to the world that yeah. like you can play drums. Yeah. It's like, I can do this motherfuckers. Yeah. And I listen back and I'm like, why did I do that? Phil? Yeah. Oh, it's too much. But do you think the, I mean, but it's only, that's only you. I, I, yeah. I don't think people are listening to going now, oh, you know, I don't know. Have that same mindset. You know, what's crazy is when that record came out once again, like I, I try to never, like I'll read comments if they're on my page, but I don't go to like the band's YouTube and read comments. Like, cause you know, as for every hundred good comments, there's one negative one and I'll focus on the negative. Of course. One. Yeah. But like when that came out, you know, I was like, I was like, well, let's see what people are saying. Cause I want to know how it was recepted, you know, and like how it was received by everybody. And I like, you know, I was surprised. A lot of people were like, this is my favorite strung out record. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. Like, I got to be a part of that. Yeah. That's and then everybody's so- like, their only good record was the one that was recorded on a fucking, you know, a cassette in a garage in 1991. <laughs> yeah. Just like, shut up. They sold out when yeah. they got big, you know, uh, it's like just, I, 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 it's, people are so weird. They're just like such haters, especially like you said, it's like online too. Right. Yeah. Because if you take that same person and put them face to face, 99% of those people are just too much of a bitch to fucking yeah. say anything. You know, what's funny. The first time I was in Australia with them, uh, this guy came up to Jake, our guitar player. He's like, dude, I'm the biggest strong out fan in the world. mate." And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you're the new drummer, right? And Jake's like, dude, I've been the guitar player of this band since 92. You fucking <laughs> idiot. I'm like, oh. people, It's just people. People yeah. are going to be people, you yeah. know? 
And unfortunately, the internet has given everybody a voice. Yes. Dude, I'm all for deleting social media. <laughs> dude, if we could do a great reset of social media, I'm so with it, dude. I, I, would, I would agree with you. I'm okay with deleting social media, not the internet. I love the internet. Oh, the internet's The internet's great. amazing. Social media is terrible. Yeah. It's fucking... Like, just look what, ha- was, look what has happened to society in the past, what, 10, 12 years, right? Well, ever since the iPhone came out, right? Like, once the yeah. iPhone came out, then social media, right, it was, you, you know, can- obviously come out and then they can use it on their fucking yeah, you phone. can be on the toilet yeah. you can fucking rub one out fucking yeah. tweet yeah. at donald trump yeah. and then fucking <laughs> Buy order a fucking hoodie from china <laughs> all in the same go dude it's, it's so, crazy it's so weird dude it's so weird um but there's 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 so much good in it but it is it's like these social justice warriors and these people that think that they have to fucking put everything down and like it's i don't know like i i believe in I don't know. I believe in, you know, coming together for a good cause. I believe in standing up for what's right, but I don't believe in saying like, sometimes like people will get completely kicked off the internet, right? They'll get kicked off fucking Twitter or Instagram, like even fucking uh, like Donald Trump. Like I, I I don't know in, in real life, right? If you fuck up or you do something wrong, um, does that mean that you should be shut out forever or should it mean that you should, take time learn what you did and grow from it because all human beings can change right right and we can all become better people and we all fuck up and we all make mistakes right so i don't know it's just like this whole world weird of like this weird world of the internet where people just think that they all should have um they should they should all have a voice yeah and you know like used to i guess before the internet to like have a voice yeah you had to like be like an intellectual person that yes. people would want to hear from. Yeah. Now fucking, you know, Joe from Topeka, Kansas can tell you how bad you suck at drums. Exactly. Well, right. he's taking a shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then you have the news media. And I read it while I'm taking a shit well, and it makes me feel like shit. So well, Joe, fuck you, get it together, buddy. Oh, well, you're not going to say that, but I'll say it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah it's weird no it's not right though because like these individuals like that that say all this negative and hate like hate-filled stuff they don't think about the person on the other side right like oh no and you know it's funny people people have arguments about me on my instagram page i'm like i can see all this you guys like it's so weird their last good record was so and so i don't know like it's, I don't know. Like, it's just like sometimes people have to put themselves in um, the other person's shoes, right? Yeah. Because if people were coming to your social page, right, and fucking talking all this shit, how would you feel? Well, yeah. I mean, I knew it would. I knew it would happen eventually. Because the more and more you put yourself out there, of the course. more and more you're going to get stuff back, and it's not all going to be good. Yeah, yeah. So just take it with a grain of salt, and like, whatever you know, like. Every once in a while, I'll read a comment, and most of the time, I'm just like, "Oh, whatever, that's funny." Yeah. You know, this two, this guy's got two bass drums and punk rock. I'm like, yeah, I do. Nobody else is doing it. That's why it's cool. It's badass, man. Like, I want to do it. Yeah. Like we were talking about it earlier. It's like, why not? Jake plays flying V's. Jake plays like an Alexi Leho fucking metal guitar. You know, Jesus. And it's like that's cool, but like it's okay. weird that I'm. I have two kick drums, and what's funny is Jordan had two kick drums. So how is it fucking weird that you have two kick drums? Because I'm the new guy. Yeah, you're the new you know, guy. I'm the, I'm the easiest target. And yeah. I get it. You know, it's fine. Say whatever you want. You're entitled to your opinion. 
No, you're 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 taking it very kindly, and I'm the one that's saying like I don't I, lose I don't. sleep over it. We'll no, put it that way. Of because not. at the end of the day, it's like you know, I get to play and have fun. Of course, you get to do what you love, right? I you get to do. do what I love, and I got I got handed an opportunity that you know, if it were anyone else, these internet warriors, if they would have taken it too, you know, yeah, a hundred percent, they would have taken it too. It, it's so funny to talk about like negative comments. I um, ah, fuck, what's it? Cole Aniston or Mike Metzger, one of them. Um, the the person wrote it goes the the only good thing like I'll just say it was Nicole Aniston. The only good thing about this podcast was Nicole Aniston. And 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 then fuck what else did he say? Is the other guy is just so boring, you should shut the fuck up or something like that. You know, like and talking about me, right? Yeah. And I just like send two thumbs up, like, you know, laughing, right? And I was actually laughing. It didn't hurt my feelings right. at all, right? Um, but you know, if you get enough people saying bad things, right, yeah. it's going to hurt your feelings. It is. But, you know, like most people, they, for whatever reason, they felt like they didn't get enough attention that day. So yeah, they try to provoke course. something. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're the one with the podcast. Yeah. And they're probably fucking, you know, eating Chef Boyardee in a fucking trailer park somewhere. So, <laughs> you know. Hey, if they want a podcast, they can start one too. They man. could. They and could. if they want to play drums and strung out, they can fucking fight you for it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, so yeah, that being said though, all right. So you, you get, you get the job, right? You, now you're part of strung out. Like when you looked inside, like I, you know, you looked in the mirror, like how did that feel? Like, okay, literally. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you exactly how it felt. Okay. And I love this gig so much. I, I will fucking bleed for this thing. But every time I have to look, cause like they have so many songs and like, there's still some that I don't know. Right. Cause there's some that will never be played live, but these guys have like, they're like machines, dude. They're like, well, they could play a song off the first record. Like I don't get it, but I have a master list of songs that I know and can play. And I'm like up to like 75 now. And like, granted, some of those will never play live, but every, so it's like, I get the gig and immediately it's like stress because every single song I have to learn, there's like one thing in there that I'm like, Oh fuck, how do I do that? It's never, oh. it's never just like, Oh, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, outro. No, it's like, God damn it. There's this fucking crazy fill. Yeah. How am I going to do this? Okay. Let me slow it down. I have an app that I use. Slow it down. Okay. Wait, that's not it. Wait, I have to do, how the fuck I have to do this? Okay. Oh, it's like this. Okay. Wait, how fast is this? Fuck. All right. And then it's like a week later, I'll be like, okay, I got it. So it's like, it's constant, like, oh, it's a lot of work. shit. Because it's so all over the place, and, like, the drums, like, were such a big part. And Jordan and Rob, too, the guitar player, writes a lot of the drum parts, too. Oh, shit. And, yeah, dude, it's just, like, it's so challenging, but it's so rewarding at the same time. Yeah. And there are a lot of songs that are, like, so fucking hard to play. Like, Too Close to See. Yeah. Played every show. Hardest fucking song to play. I don't know why. It's just, like... It feels like it feels like you're going a million miles an hour, and like, and I'll watch you know like I video shit and like I'll watch it and be like okay yeah I played it good but like when I'm playing it it feels like it's like don't fuck up don't fuck up here comes yeah, the crazy yeah. part <laughs> just a million miles an hour the whole time and it's it's stressful I'm not yeah. gonna lie but like once you're in it on tour you know after a couple of shows things yeah finally that f- the first week of tour is just like. And for them, it's like nothing. 
Because they've been well, playing for years. Yeah, they've been doing it, but still, it's like, I feel like the first show back after this is going to be, like, real rough. I know? don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. It's going to be, it's interesting. And like I said, we got together for the first time in two or three months. Uh, what, two days ago? Three days ago? Was it weird? We actually played really well, considering. We, we'll, we make, like, fake set lists. Okay. Like, we'll play these five songs in a row. And, like, it was like, oh, wow. Like, that was pretty good. Like we've definitely played it worse than that, so things are feeling <laughs> things are feeling alright. <clears throat> Who picks the songs that you guys are gonna play that night? Um, Jake is really good at like usually like the albums. Jake is the one who like sequences the albums. Okay. He's very good at like the ebbs and flows of that. Do things like when you guys do a tour though? Like, is it like one set list the entire time? Do yeah, change? generally. Okay, just to like make sure everything's just like cohesive, man. Because if it keeps changing, you kind of get out of the groove. Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt that. But like the set list will change. Like sometimes we'll be like, oh, that song's not working. We'll take it out. So we did that uh, in Australia. We took, we had a song off the new record, Ulysses, and like we were supporting Pennywise, and it was necessarily our crowd, you know? Okay. So we're like, ah, this one's a little bit too out there. Like for our fans, it would work. But, but yeah, that makes sense, right? Like it was kind of like you could feel it dragging the energy. You can feel it go down because you want it constantly up, obviously. Yeah, it's right? just like fucking yeah, so I spent- ten the whole time. <laughs> so that one was kind of so you know you assess and after two shows we're like I don't think that one's working. Yeah, that's all right though. You should take it out. It's like a DJ. You got to read the room. Of course, you, know? you have to read the room. Anything, man. You always yeah. have to be able to read the room. And being able to read the room has been a, a great skill that. I don't know. As human beings, I think you should master. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, I think it's fucking so important. Uh, I read the room. Uh, for, so, do you remember the uh, like? Do you remember? Do you remember uh, like yeah, like your mom? Like when she found out that you were playing when you're doing it. Like, what was her thoughts about it? Well, it's funny. Is like she came to a show in Atlanta because you know she lived in Nashville and she came down to a show in Atlanta and she met I think a couple of the guys. Yeah, I told her, and she's like, I don't know who they are, but they yeah. sound awesome. Congrats, buddy. <laughs> yeah, of course. And she's stoked. And last time we played in Atlanta, her and my sister came down. So so if, if I was just talking to them, what do you think they would say about, about you and all your success? Fucking or loser for using two kick yeah. drums and punk rock. <laughs> That's what they'd fucking say, dude. <laughs> that one really bothers you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, know, I know, I know. I don't know. You know, my mom's proud of me, and, you know, and I think she's she's happy that I get to do what I love to do, that I've wanted, you know, because it's like so many people have a dream and yeah. don't get to do it or get close and give up. But it's like, don't give up. Like, just when you think you're never going to get it is like when it'll happen. Yeah. So just uh, perseverance, you know, keep going. Dude, 100%, man. Um, this Sunday will be a year since I started the podcast. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. And I have on the lead singer, Sepultura. Derek Green. Nice. Tomorrow. Love that band. And um, when I first started the podcast, it was just friends, right? Uh, people in the hair world, you know, just different people. And I just continued to push and I didn't stop, right? And and I'm not where, still where, it, I, I know we're continuing growing. The point is, is like, if you have a dream, continue to push. Mine happened. It, things are happening quick for this, right? But for my hair industry, right? For work I do outside of it. It's been 10 years of fucking nonstop hard work right. every single day, sweat and tears running a professional hairstyling tool company is what I do out of this. And, um, 
So it doesn't matter if it takes a, a year, 10 years, wherever the hell you're at along the journey, right? You have to continue to push. Do not fucking give up. One of the greatest quotes, and I say this all the time, uh, my buddy told me, he said, just fucking do it. Right? Yeah. Just, Nike, just yeah, do it. Yeah, and I just throw the fucking in it, you know? Just, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it, you know? And so it's like, it doesn't matter how, it, it, I don't know. If you want it bad enough and you're willing to fucking give it all, Things will happen. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It will. Maybe a year, yeah. 10 years, it'll happen. And you can't have a timeline. No. Because it's it. like the universe, it's not going to give it to you until you're ready. Exactly. And you got to be tried and tested. You know so what I mean? So many times. So really? many times. You got to be ready for it. Yeah. Because if you're not ready for it, what's the point of having it? Yeah. Because it'll fall through your fingers. You just take it for granted. Yeah. Right? That's why, like, a, um, you know, a lot of kids that their parents have money, right? And, mm-hmm. Most of those kids, I mean, just look at, you know, statistically speaking, their, their, their lives, when you don't have to work for something and you're given everything, your mentality, the person that you are, it, it, it's not the same for an individual that fucking gave it their all right. to get in that same position, right? So it's, it's so important to be tried and tested so many times throughout your life. Um, when you played your first show, right, with them, what was that like? That was Boise, Idaho at the Knitting Factory, opening for Pennywise. Yep. I figured you'd remember it. Yeah, I remember it very well. And for some reason, it was like, dude, I played. And as as a musician, it's like very, 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 very rarely do you have the perfect show. But I had that. It was just like everything just came together. All the hard work paid off. Ah. It's all been downhill ever since then. Because <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. No, but it's like, I, it was just like an incredible, incredible thing. God. It was like out of body experience. Yeah. It was just like, wow. Dude, that's so freaking cool, man. That's like all the stars aligned that night. You had to be so proud, man, oh, dude. yourself, I was, dude. I was stoked. And the band was obvious. That was like their first show with a different drummer in 20-something years. Dude, so if it would have gone shitty, it would have been bad news. It would have been bad. Dude, that's so cool. But yeah, it was, it was a great show, and I just I was so stoked. And yeah, it was weird. Like, just all came together. And the what? band was so stoked. I was so stoked. And it just felt like... I don't know. Like it, it was like this tight, cohesive unit. Everybody was playing together. It was, it was perfect, man. What do you guys do after that? Do you guys go on? Are you guys on tour at that point? Yeah, yeah, we were on tour. So we did like a Canadian, U.S. thing. And yeah, man, it was just fucking. It was awesome. So this is 2018 or 2019 at this point. This is 2018, beginning of 2018. I think it was like spring, but there's still snow on the ground. Oh, Canada. Wait. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Spring, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we started in Boise, and then we did, I think, like Seattle and Vancouver. All that came back around. Yeah. Now, after that, right, 2019, what went down for you guys? Well, 2019. So, actually, I had to sit out one strung out tour because I was still in Runaway Kids. Shit. And we got this thing, and I I was so torn because. You know, strung out, like I got this opportunity, but I still had unfinished business with Runaway Kids. So strung out, got a fill in. Shit. Yeah. And I did this tour with Runaway Kids. And then after that, I was like, I officially left Runaway Kids. Okay. So we did a couple, what, 2018. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did a bunch of, a uh, bunch of, 
think we did like two tours and some festivals. I did that other tour. I came back and then immediately went to Japan. It was strung out. Nice. Like a week after I got off tour with Runaway Kids. Went to Japan, first time ever. And then we got home and then we're like, fuck, we have to write songs for a record. <laughs> so as soon as we get home from Japan, we just locked ourselves in a room and wrote Songs of Armor and Devotion. Dude. My first thing. And then we recorded it. I think we wrote and recorded that whole thing in like two months. How do you guys write? Like, what's your writing process? You guys like are all in a room together? Or? Yeah. So basically, like the guys will kind of come in with like, here's like a riff, and this could be the verse, and here's a chorus. Like every once in a while, they'll have like a full song, and uh, you know, we just kind of add stuff. But every once in a while, like we'll just like make something up on the spot, and I just kinda, start jamming, and then start. Yeah, it's like, oh, this sounds cool. We'll do this. Let's add this. And then. Do you guys write the instrumental first and then the yeah. lyrics? We do the instrumental and then the vocals come in. Generally, it's just us four and we'll kind of write like, you know, ballpark of a song. And it's rough and it could change a lot. And then Jason will come in and, you know, add melodies and be like, I don't think I could sing over that because it's too, you know. So we shift things around. That's so fucking cool, though. Yeah. And then it kind of, like you that. know, morphs into what you hear. It's just like little 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 pieces. So then you guys were all was it? So the the four of you guys were writing. Then he comes in and yeah, but though I guess because of the time crunch, he was there a lot of it too. And then the producer came in, and we kind of like you know from the producer standpoint. I remember we had this one song, and we we're like, we want to do this for a chorus. We've never done this for a chorus, and it was like some weird like thing and i was like doing some obnoxious drum thing and he's like you're you're are you kidding you, are you fucking serious you can't have that as a chorus and then in hindsight it's like yeah there's no way you can put a melody over that it's just like <laughs> it's just obnoxious you know it just stupid sounds so that's what a producer does you know he's like you know you should chill out here this is the moment you should do this you need a better melody it's kind of like a unofficial member of the band that kind of helps you guys work with the same producer? Like, have they worked with the same one? Um, so we worked with Cameron Webb on this last record, and Cameron's awesome. Um, they did uh, they did another record with Cameron, but they've they've used it a lot because it can kind of change things, right? Oh, like, absolutely, yeah. it changes the sound of the record because everybody's got different recording techniques. So it's just kind of I think Strong Out's just kind of like very experimental band. So like, let's try something new. Yeah, you know? for sure. See what happens. What, with this with this album what was like do you guys have like an idea like and for you that, that's got to be kind of weird because this is like the first one so like do you not want to say too much do you want to hold back do you want like don't want them to think you're stupid no i mean i just kind of showed up and did my thing and they were cool with it i remember i tracked like so that record like i go back and listen to it and the drums are like fucking gnarly i did i tracked that whole record in two days jeez so it was like 13 songs in two days and like, yeah, it was just like lightning fast. Cause I, we had most of the stuff worked out. Like when I go in the studio, I generally have like 90% figured out what I want to do. And then I leave that 10% to like improv, you know, it's like, I and I'll personally like, I, I forget what song it was. It was like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. And I just play through it when we were like practicing it. Yeah. But when I came to record, I just tried different shit every time. And, and then like we picked the best one and that became kind of like, that's the so song cool. rebels and saints like yeah. there's like two drum solo sections in the first song in the album and like i just kind of improv that whole thing and we kind of 
put it together. I'm like, oh, this 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 is the best take. <laughs> and it became like, and then we end up playing that song now. And it's so fucking hard to play. That's another thing. It's like, you know, I I wrote all that, or I guess I improved it, and then I had to like learn it. <laughs> And I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. You're like, fuck. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's very, very, very complicated. But you know what? It's fun. It's a nice challenge. How do you remember all of this stuff? Like, how does that work? Because, like, I remember in the when we first started talking, right? You're like with the country band, like, how to learn sixty songs in a week. Like, how the fuck can you? I can rem- can't even remember what the fuck I ate for breakfast yesterday. Like, let alone sixty songs. You just got to do it, man. I just it's kind of like a formula to a certain point you're like most songs kind of follow the same formula but i don't know like that's something i've always been good at is just memorization even outside really good, of drums like yeah just, i have a really good memory okay you so, have to right i think like some of these people they just dude i have like an incredible memory I, I like i'll remember something somebody said to me 10 years ago but like i'll lose my keys you know like, i can't find it it's like ah really, yeah yeah it's yeah, like yeah, some yeah, rain man yeah, shit. yeah yeah literally um yeah, that's I don't know that, that that's that that's very challenging to me. But I I think that it's probably just something like deep inside you, right? Because yeah. it's like like you said, you said, there's a formula. I don't know what that formula means. I don't even really know what the fuck you're talking about. But I appreciate. I, it. I don't either. I just kind of do it. You know. Are you, have you even? Because I know you went to school for a little bit, but pretty much all your drumming's been on your own. Like you didn't have a teacher. Or? No, I've I've had yeah, I've taken lessons, uh, a little bit, not too much. I've taken lessons with. Chester Thompson, who played drums for Genesis and Phil Collins, Jesus, Frank Zappa, and um, took lessons with Jason Sutter, who played for like Chris Cornell, plays for Cher, yeah, Marilyn Manson, um, and then the the guys at MI, just kind of like random and drum instructors. That's awesome, though. So I've kind of like been, you know, and they're all different. They all play completely different from each other. So yeah. But it was great is they all encouraged me to like, you know, do my own thing. Yeah. Like it's find important. my own style and go from that. Well, yeah, I think it's really important whenever you're teaching anyone, you know, something like this, it still has to be creative. It's an art. Like you, yeah. you have to be able to follow what's inside of you. I have to express myself because yeah. I'm an artiste. You have to express yourself good, sir. So you write the album, right? You write the album two months Put it out. I Bam. was going to say put it on wax, but... Uh, we did. We got yeah, vinyl. Yeah. I'll send you one. I, love, I would like that. You, you like beer. I do. Well, we have our own beer. Wait, you do? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Where can people get it? Uh, Lucky Luke Brewery in Paul, Lancaster? Lancaster. L- Lucky Luke Brewery yeah. in Lancaster. What, Lancaster. What the fuck is it? What is it called? Well, we have... I think we have three beers now. Okay. So we had two... From the album, no, sorry, we have one. It's like the strong. It's the uh, Astrolux Golden Ale. I like that. It's like a, it's a Kolsch beer. Okay, it's like seven percent too. Get you fucked. Get up. you nice and fucked. I up. don't partake. Yep, but I encourage you respect. Too. Yes, and then we have uh, two after the album. One's like a fucking pale ale, and another one's like a Hefeweizen. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, whose idea was this? I think it was Jake's. Very nice. Yeah, we had like a launch party at the brewery and everything. Damn, Played like an acoustic set, you know? Seriously? That's awesome, man. I, I think it's uh, cool to be able to diversify into whatever you're doing. So yeah. come out with some beer, have some pump. People, yeah, people cool. enjoy it. Um, when that happened, though, when it when it launched, right, uh, what was going on? Like you 
you put out a record with strung out yeah I put out the record. You're not the little kid that moved to fucking, you know. No, I still am. <laughs> I know you are. Terrified. I know, sure. Terrified but. little boy. No, um, yeah, we put out the record and was that 2019. So we recorded it in January. No, we recorded it in December of 2019. No, January of 2019, sorry. And then we did. God, I'm drawing a blank. So I thought you have a good memory. Yeah, huh? right. Um, <laughs> We did, yeah. I think we did. Um, wow, I'm drawing a blank. We did. We did touring somewhere. You did. You went somewhere. Yeah, and then we did South America, which is where I fucked up my foot. Yep. And then we went to. So no, we did South America. We did a bunch of festival dates. I remember we did a bunch of fly dates all over the U.S. We did like Montreal, Denver. We did Sabroso, which okay. was a big like taco beer fest thing. So I was out here at Dana Point, Salt Lake City, Denver. Then we did Pooza Fest in Montreal. And then we started the like album cycle because the album didn't come out till summer. Dude. So then we did the album cycle. And we did like 44 shows across the U.S. and Canada. And the last show we played in the U.S. was the end of that, which was at the El Rey in L.A., Holy shit. Like in November of 2019, had December off for Christmas, had January off, and then February did Australia with Pennywise, and then the world fucking ended. Yep, yep. And yep. here we are. Oh, yeah, we, we are here. I wish I had more to my story. Holy shit. Okay, no, 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 but hold on. We're almost, we're almost here. We're, we're almost here. We've we're almost, almost come here. We're, we're almost here. What was that like, though? Like, fucking you went on tour with these guys, all of you guys flying to different places, like... It was awesome, man. It was just like, holy shit, I'm doing it. Hey, that's it's like I in mean, the cool thing about Strung Out is like, you know, everywhere we play, people show up. It's weird. Yes, it is very strange. It's bizarre. Because right. like, you know, you're going from like your original band where like you're lucky if ten people show up yeah. to like we're in Japan and we sold out this venue two nights in a row. That's weird. It is. So bizarre feeling. It's yeah. awesome though. It's so cool. Singing and people singing along, just yeah. having the fucking time of their life. The crowds in Japan are crazy though. What is that? Yeah. What? So they're like very like, they're crazy during the song, like insane, like crowd surfing, circle pits, all the nine yards. And then as soon as you stop, it's dead silent like this. Wait, what? In a room like full of like 400 people or whatever. Wait a minute. They're, they're, they're going. It's just, it's just, it's like a respect thing. Because no matter like what the singer says, if they can understand him or not, everybody's just quiet and they listen. And then you start the song and it's fucking chaos. Wow, it's weird. I like that. Yeah, it's weird, but it's weird, but I like that. Damn, that's yeah. Did you even know that was going to happen? No, totally surprised me. Damn, and you were there for two nights, you guys? Well, that was Tokyo. Yeah, we. Did, I think we were there for like a week. Just different places. Yeah, in Japan. Osaka, Kobe. Like, who would have thought, man? That's so cool. Yeah. I love that, man. Like, and, and this is just really the beginning part because you're young, bro. You're 31. You got, you got a lot of life to young, live. sprightly. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Full yeah. of pepper. Yes. <laughs> you got a lot of good things going for you. Well, you did, I guess. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I'm just joking. Yeah. Um, okay, so you go through that entire tour, having the time of your life. Um, never thought anything like this would happen. We'll make it all the way to Australia. We're in Perth, right? Perth. And it was funny. It was Perth. It's kind of fitting, too, because, like, Perth 
is on the other side of Australia. So you have to do a five hour flight back to like Sydney or Melbourne and then like the 14 hour flight. So like that travel day is fucking gnarly. <sighs> Insane. Then get back home and like two weeks later, you know, pandemic. So you, did you guys even know anything? Like you're just kind of hearing a little bit here and there. Yeah. I guess, you know, you'd heard stuff. You know, it's funny too. Is like, um, when we landed, I think it was from Perth back to Melbourne, our entire terminal was all flights from China, but you do, you don't think about stuff like no. that. You know what I mean? And when I got home from Australia, I was super sick. I had like night sweats and a fever. So I may have had it and not known because this was in February before. Yeah. It was like all over the news. Yeah. You know? It's so crazy because I know a lot of people that say that around that time that they had it. Yeah. I guess it was like over here in like September of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. But you just no one would have thought like, and just like everything stops. And like, what goes through your brain? Like what the fuck happened at first? Well, because they said it was going to be two weeks, right? Yeah. So you're like, oh, we'll give it two weeks, maybe a month. Yeah. Nope. Another month goes by, another month goes by. Like, what are you doing? Well, basically, you know, it's just like you got to figure out shit to do to, you know, like you can survive for a while. So I was just practicing a lot. It's like I get in the band, didn't want to get together. So, you know, I just practice a lot on my own. Yeah. That, I don't know. A lot of people think that it, it, we were talking about this earlier. It's like, you know, if you are, if you are, you know, Taylor Swift, right. Making millions and millions of dollars every single year. That's one thing. Right. Uh, but if you're the backup band or the supporting band, right. Or, you know, a, a, a lower level band, right. I know that bands make their money from touring, right. Yeah, Doing you shows. You don't sell records anymore. No, there's no money in records. I mean, there is a little bit, but not much. Yeah. Not enough to like sustain you for a year. No. So like, how does, what, what, what are you guys doing? Well, you know, it's like you, you figure out a way to make it work, pick up odd jobs. It's kind of unemployment, you know? Yeah. That's like that. crazy, right? Cause like, it's like, who would have thought, right? You yeah. Know? It's like, I was just getting going, man. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? It's not over. It's, it's not, not over. over. No. It's not over, but who knows like when it'll come back because we actually just got all the emails. And, you know, it's like if they do shows at like venues like theaters or whatever, they have to do twenty five percent capacity. And then if you only have twenty five percent of your audience there, that's ticket sales, and then that's not worth your guarantee. So most venues are gonna do like door splits, so you're only gonna get door split of twenty five percent. Yeah, it's like and you have to like route the tour from like covid hot spots so you might have like a fucking 20 hour drive so it's, it's really not feasible to tour right now no it's not so it, i guess wait till next year yeah that's i mean in the scheme of things it's not a long time but it's still it's like a long two years time. off there's there's i guess you know i was hearing a lot it's like there's a lot of bands that won't make it through this what I does mean, that mean right what are they like when touring comes back it's like people would have found other ways to like maybe a better job, you know, yeah. get more comfortable. Yeah. Think about the band that was just think like, think about people who had kids. Like what about all these people that have kids during this time? And it's like, and then they're not allowed to go on tour. So who knows? You know, 
I don't want to project too much in the future, but no, I know, I know. Yeah, I think about like the bands that were just starting out, just trying to like you know make a name for himself, start to build yeah. some steam, and then all of a sudden, yeah, the the, the, the new bands, yeah, that the, were like picking up, in, yeah, like, 2018, 2019. Who knows? That don't have a strong following on social media, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's like a um. And then the, the the live streaming thing that's so lame. Dude. Yeah, like I, it doesn't. You can go on YouTube and watch that for free. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, I don't. I don't know. Like the only way that I like that is uh, when you have like the Oculus on, like the VR headset. Yeah, I've never done one. Yeah, of it's it's is it cool. F- oh fuck yeah, it's a c- really cool experience. It's a really really cool experience. Like even like just like watching movies, like you can meet up with like your friends, like um, and you can pick a place like uh, like on the moon or at a fucking beach, right? And you can throw up a thousand foot fucking TV Dude, screen. You can just do acid, do and that shit for free, exactly. man. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need Oculus. <laughs> no, throw up a thousand, and it literally looks like it's a thousand feet like and you're just just chilling like um or like games and things like that but yeah it's a, it's a cool experience you're like watching bands like you get this like just like this different view that's cool right and so it's not the same experience right, right. like live streaming that's just like reminds me of um like zooming co- comedy right or like yeah. or like me like when covid first hit right i started doing podcasts uh you know through like zoom and shit like that right like, i had some good people on um but it the experience was just so different so after a few months like fuck that you know yeah. it's like the the connection in a room with people it's something that technology can never replace. no no or at least not right now right right you know like maybe in the future but um once we get that fucking Elon Musk fucking chip in our yeah, head. Yeah, well, exactly, right? You yeah. know, once you get the Neuralink fucking put in, then, you know, who knows? But until that time happens, no, there is this big this big split. Um, Where, what, like, what do you see next? Like, what's next for you? Well, um, that's a great question. What's next? I would probably have a for sure answer if the world were working properly but i don't know man i'm just going with it yeah just going with the flow um hopefully another record is strung out and uh try to you know i've been really into cryptocurrency yeah me too dude i'm like and i have a friend who's like you know richie if you're watching this i'm giving you a shout out (laughs) he is a fucking genius when it comes to cryptocurrency and he's the one who got me into it. And this guy's like been in forever. So, yeah. um, you know, trying to find ways to make money without having to do anything. Of course. Yeah. So, so what do you, uh, I, so I've been, uh, before I started the podcast, right. Um, I had a, like a crypto channel. This was, oh, really? yeah, for, I've been in I love it for this. Like, not crypto. Yeah. So I've been in it for, four and a half years right and it's so fucking crazy right so uh when i first started right uh 2016 right uh, people thought i was my friends family people thought i was crazy right they They just like exactly like bitcoin stupid bullshit ethereum what the fuck is that i'm trying to explain to them like i'm trying to explain blockchain technology smart contracts right um uh and and they just they, they, they weren't getting it and i was like at the very minimum if you think i'm fucking crazy but you trust me i was like just just do a little 10 bucks a week like whatever right listen no one fucking listened right everyone thought i was crazy right then it goes up to fucking 20 grand 17 grand 20 grand whatever right yeah yeah 2017 yeah around that time right um it crashes right and everyone once again like yeah see i told you it's never gonna amount to anything blah 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 and 
and now Ethereum just hit all time high. Like what, boom. two days ago? Yep, yep. 1600. Dude, I remember when it was, I was fucking getting it at $22 a piece, dude. Oh, see, I got, I got in a little later. But, but still, it doesn't matter because like even now, this isn't the all time high. Like, no. like this all time high now, right? Right. It's going to go up. It's going to go up. Regardless if it goes down, goes up. I tell everyone dollar cost average, like regardless if it's up or down, it doesn't matter if it's been up or down every single month I have put in, uh, anywhere from as little as $250 all the way up to $5,000 every single month without thinking into Bitcoin, into Ethereum, and minus my other things, right? Um, but now we have things like the DeFi space, yes, right? DeFi where, is very interesting. Right? right? So where you can have uh, these massive, massive like returns, right? On, 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 on a daily basis, and that money just compounds and compounds and compounds. Um, and so, you know, like even some of my Bitcoin, right? I put it into BlockFi and, and I get fucking 6% interest, right? on my fucking Bitcoin, where it's like, you don't get 6% on your fucking dollar in a right. savings account, right? But you can do things like Uniswap, right? Where you're getting, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60%, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, your money's definitely working for you. It doesn't matter, like, if Bitcoin is at $40,000 today, there was just a study out that um, Bitcoin, right, passed gold as right. far as you know investment vehicle right um in the united states right uh that's just in the u.s wait till it's around the entire world then you have a bitcoin worth fucking i think it was like if it overtakes gold it's three hundred and eighty thousand four hundred thousand dollars right and i think it's going to go far past that yeah i, I read an interview not an interview an article that said if you own i forget what the exact thing was and you may have read this is like if you own at least one bitcoin and like five ethereum you'll be in the richest 10 percent in the world yeah it's true yeah 110 I, I i see um and like i was lucky too it's like i kind of missed the boat on bitcoin but i got in on ethereum perfect so i got perfect. a lot of like i don't have any crypto actually so don't <laughs> listen to what i say <laughs> dude it's uh it, it's it's an amazing space <laughs> i love <laughs> i i love it dude now i see um because i've been a huge uh uh supporter of binance yeah uh and so i was buying up bnb tokens fucking up for a while and now to see it fucking is like 73 dollars, dude i remember when it was 70 cents what do you think about xrp um, the biggest pump and dump and a hundred percent dude. Yeah. Like I had a shitload of it and I just was like, as soon as I read that thing, I just fucking sold it all. Good. Good. Traded it for Ethereum. Good. Good. Yeah. No, I, um, like if the U S really says that it's a security, right. And, and they get fucked, they're going to get fucked. Right. And yeah. so they just pumped the shit out of it. You know, wall street bets and all that shit with the, the GameStop yeah. uh, stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I dude. I kick myself in the foot on Ripple because, or XRP, because I remember when it was like a tenth of a cent, right? Like when oh, it was yeah. so fucking cheap, right? And and I was like super anti, you know, because they stand for everything that is, they're, they're centralized, right? right? Whereas like Bitcoin and Ethereum is like decentralized. And my whole thing was like, you know, fuck the federal reserves, fuck everything that's going on, like yeah. be be your own bank, right? And, um, and so I said, fuck that, but... If I wanted to make some money, I should have fucking put a couple grand on, just held it because I knew it would get fucking to where it is today. I just didn't believe in it. Yeah. That's fine. 
I like shit coins. They're yeah, fun. dude. The, ah, that okay. So I'll, I gotta. I, I don't know. I have like random. You know, I'll just be bored and I'll be like, oh, let's put a fucking hundred bucks in, and then dude, like chain link, dude. That one was fucking. That was a good one. My wife is gonna kick me in the ass for you saying that because she was saying she's like you should buy some chain link because she was that all one's set. Up like like eighteen. Yeah, it's like eighteen bucks now. No, twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty five. I looked at it a couple days. Yeah, ago. dude, it's it's up. That yeah. one's been like the highest. There's there's a, my buddy told me um, was it Ava? Ava? Yeah, yeah, it's like four hundred bucks now. Dude, that one's fucking. It's like the highest. Yeah. It's insane. It's so much. Yeah, there's there's so much behind it. Yeah, the, the like especially like coins in the DeFi space, like uh, like Alpha Finance, um, Binance. Uh, before they kicked kicked me out because you got to be you got to use Binance US, right? And so you could use Binance and you could set it up like where your Binance tokens would go through their earn thing where it's like DeFi and you get interest rates. So instead our interest, uh, like you get interest for holding it. And instead of them actually giving you money, they give you like airdrops, but they're, they call it launch pad. And so they gave me, it was like, I don't know, 1500 alpha finance tokens. Right. Um, and I, I took it out of there. Shit's fucking worth $3 a piece right now. It's just shit they gave me. Right. And so yeah. it's like, you know, what, 4,500 bucks. Right. Um, and the, the only reason that I am scared of shit coins, right. For me is I had a, I believe some shit coins will make it. I believe most will fail. Right. And that's why they call it shit, shit coins. Um, but I, uh, in 2017, I had a portfolio, you know, that went up over past a million dollars. Uh, and then two months later it dropped down to $22,000. Right. Ouch. And that's because I was fucking all in on shit coins. The only reason that I had any money left was because of my Bitcoin and Ethereum. And right. those dropped fucking 90%, 80%, whatever the fuck it was. Right. So for me, it's like I get too scared. Right. So I just kind of go all in on like the tokens that I do have. Right. The ones that you know will perform. Well. Yeah. Timeless classics. Of course. Of course. But dude, if you could, if you, if you don't see the thing is I'm greedy, I'm a greedy fuck. Like I haven't even sold that alpha finance. Cause I'm like, that shit's going to go to $10. It's going to go to fucking $10. And, and it probably will because it's, um, it, it, they, they have like, I think almost a billion dollars locked up, uh, through their, through their DeFi vehicle. But, Maybe it crashes to nothing, right? But that's what I did, right? And so, yeah, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, I, and you know, it's something interesting. It's a, it's the future. hundred percent. It's the future. And actually, I paid for a tattoo with Ethereum. My tattoo artist. Yes, dude. I did that, and I was yeah. like, "Fuck, dude, this is the future." Of course, it's great. And it was crazy. It's like it was a, it was a dip too. So it's like whatever I paid him is worth you know double. so much more now. So. Yeah. And that was his first like foray into crypto too. Yeah, he didn't have any, and I was like, "Here, I'll I'll do a. Th- will you take Ethereum for the tattoo?" So we did my whole side like. For yeah. fuck yeah, man, that's so cool. I remember I I was teaching a Bitcoin class, right? And um, anyone that came that came to it that participated, I'd give them fifty dollars in Bitcoin if they came, right? And this was when Bitcoin was at, I don't know, two thousand bucks or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Um, and like 10 people came and I, and I was just thinking the other day, I was like, dude, if they held that fucking, if they held that, that $50 would probably be over $500 today. Right. Um, the thing is like, no one was listening back then. Yeah. Only select people were listening. People still don't listen. Now. No, that's the thing. And it's going to go right past them. Imagine and- owning fucking like 
Google stock or Facebook stock yeah. at like the ground floor yeah. or Amazon. Literally. You know? That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 we're at this point now because like, I don't see it um, crashing like it did before. Like there's always these big run-ups and then pullbacks and, and maybe it'll go back to 20 grand. Right. And that's fuck man. If it does, then I'm going to buy a lot. Buy, 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 the buy the dip. Um, the beginning of the pandemic, dude, fuck man. If I would have known it would have gone up, dude, dude, I took such a hit. I did such a stupid move. Um, I'll tell you, I did such a stupid move. I'll just put it out there. Fuck it. I don't care. Um, so I, uh, my, my wife was getting into the union, uh, makeup union. Right. And, um, I don't ever want to like touch my savings. Right. right. So I was like, Oh, I'll use Nexo, uh, Nexo IO, get a loan on some fucking Bitcoin or whatever. Um, and, and then just pay it back. It'll cost me like, I don't know I didn't hundred bucks, whatever. I was like, but at least I'm not touching my cash and this will probably go up and I'll be fine. Right. Um, thing is, is your account always has to stay above 60%. So let's say you gave them $10 worth of Bitcoin, right? They'll give you $5 in a loan. They'll charge you $5 and 50 cents or like 10% or whatever. Um, and your account always has to stay above, uh, $60, right? Because if it goes below it, we're going to automatically liquidate your account. I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, not a problem. I'm watching it. So I gave them, what did I give them? Like a Bitcoin and 50 ether to hold for me. Right. And so I took some money, um, and I was paying them back. Right. And I was on track to get it back. Right. And all of a sudden, remember that day when Bitcoin was, I don't know, 10,000 dropped all the way to three. Yeah. Like a day completely liquidated my account. Fuck. You know how much money that is now? That's yeah, a shitload. Uh, that's that's a that's a lot. I'm money. so glad I just like I just held. I was like, I'm just fuck it. As much as it sucks, I'm just gonna we'll hold just, it off. Yes, dude, and that's that's I held, that. And then I bought some more. Like, yes, a little later. But that's fine, man. Just just continue to buy. So it's like they didn't take anywhere near all of my shit, right? But for ten thousand dollars or whatever the fuck it was, right? They got $150,000 with my shit today. There's nothing I can do about it. I wrote them. So I was like, dude, I will give you all of the cash right now. And it's like really shitty on their part, right? Because they should have done something special for those people. Um, especially if I was willing to pay it right back. Like I, like I didn't fucking know. I never thought that would fucking happen. I was just kind of leveraging some of my fucking money. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing. Don't, like, don't fucking do that shit. Like that just proves too. It's like anything can happen. Yeah. You anything. never know what like tomorrow is. Yeah. Be. So lock your shit up in a cold storage or fucking through block fire or something like that. And, um, and just be smart about it. What, uh, what, what as we kind of start to wrap this up, what got you into it? My buddy. Okay. He was just like, dude, you should check this shit out. It's really interesting. And I was like, cool. Here's like three grand. Let's see what happens. Yeah. That's like, so- I'm one of those guys, you know what I, I mean? Love that. I'm no. like, is that cool? Fuck, fuck, it's cool. Let's do it. Like whatever it is. That's so dope, dude. It's so funny that you said that because um, my my best friend Ron, right? Uh, two or fuck three years ago or whatever, four years ago, um, he did like a side job for me, and so I gave him five five hundred bucks worth of ether, which was like five ether, um, then and uh, uh, yeah, I think it was three years ago, right? It was like yeah, hundred bucks or whatever. And so I gave him five ether and then he was like, all right, I'll give you 2000 bucks. Um, 
I'll, I'll put in $2,000 into the account, right? Into a Coinbase account, um, just get me like some Bitcoin. So I set it up for him, right? And so with that 2000 bucks, he got like a third of a Bitcoin, right? And five Ethereum. And um, he totally forgot about it, dude. Didn't even like, I kept on bringing it up to him like, hey, dude, you should check your Coinbase account. Every time he tried to get in, he forgot his two-factor authentication code, right? right? And so he had to like reset it. And so he went through the whole process of resetting it, not even thinking about it. And we didn't even remember how, like how much his account was, right? He looks in it the other day, like literally two, three days ago, it was like over $20,000, right? And he was just like, He's just so fucking happy, man. Yeah. Like just so like that's it's, a, it's having a bank account that replenishes itself. Exactly. Right. So sick. Yeah. And that's 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 why it's like I'm a huge believer in like a, a cold storage, like holding your shit, but also like if you do have some Bitcoin or you do have some Ethereum and you want to and you don't want to go through the DeFi route and and like figure out how to swap and all of those things, right? Um fucking set up a BlockFi account set up a two-factor authentication on it, set up a whitelisting where your money can't get pulled out for seven days. So literally, like, unless someone hacked all of your shit, got past the 2FA, then fucking went fucking, like, through all of the notifications that they sent you and, like, even more to get all your money out, like, you're pretty fucking solid, like, with your money in BlockFi. Right. And you will get 6%, like I think 6% on your Bitcoin, 5.5% on your Ethereum. Um, and so like every single month. And then oh, also like 8.6% on USDC. So if you have fucking cash, turn that shit into USDC, hold it in there, and you're making 8%, almost 9% on your fucking money. So every single month, what's great is that they can, they'll pay you out in Bitcoin, Ethereum, or USDC. I have them pay me out in fucking USDC because I get 8.6%. And you on use that. that to buy strung out records. Yes. Yes. That is what I'm talking about. Okay. 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 That's exactly it. So. Dude, crypto is the future. And I'm so stoked we talked about this. Yeah. I, I'm still so, like, I'm not, I wish I knew more. That's I, know, right. I know like a good amount. Yeah. But like. You obviously know way more than I do. No, no, but it's just because I, I mean, I took, I took a, like Harvard business school, like, uh, like online classes and the Ivy league right <laughs> no, now. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. It's just like courses you can take through, through, uh, like them. Cause I was like thinking about getting into the space, um, like working, but, um, I'm really happy where I'm at now. Uh, but all right. So let's bring it back to your story as we wrap this shit up. All right. That's fucking cool. You're into crypto though. I love yeah. that. Matter of yeah, respect. I mean, Give me more love right there. there you got, go. you kind of got to be at this point. Yeah. Listen, motherfuckers. If you don't know about it, now you know. Yes, 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 Sounds yes. like fucking a different language. It does, but get it's, into it's it. It's awesome and it's free money. Yeah. <laughs> it's not free, but. But your money will make money. Yeah. Long term, right? Uh, it's not about the short term dips. All right. So where can people find your shit, man? Uh, I'm on Instagram at RJ Shankle, uh, strung out. I don't have any other social media. That's fuck, all right. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter, man. I'm it's, tired of seeing it. It's a cesspool of bullshit. Uh, don't have Facebook either. I'm just on Instagram, dude. I'm off the radar as much as I can be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, strung out, uh, you know, songs of armor and devotion. It's the latest album of strung out official on Facebook at strung out Instagram. Just keep your eyes and ears peeled, and we might have something new coming out. Uh-oh. 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 You heard that, people? Did Uh-oh. you hear that? RJ, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I uh, I love having cool people on here, and uh, you check that box. So. Well, thank you. I like being around cool people. Ah, you check that box. Oh, don't make me blush, boy. Ooh.
All right. Have a good day, bro. Peace. Wowzers, thank you so much for listening to Back to Your Story. Thank you so much for listening to RJ's story. I uh, really appreciate everyone taking the time out of their busy day to listen to me talk for, what, two, three hours? That's how long these podcasts go. Um, if you guys made it this far, maybe you want to go over to our YouTube channel, check out some different content. That's youtube.com backslash back to your story. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share this with a friend, family member, or even a foe. Yeah, you heard it, people. Have a good night. Peace. Mother-